a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe it was just on the internet. Hey, what do I know? I'm just the announcer. Anyway, three people decided it would be a bright, brand new original idea to get together on the internet and rant and rave about all sorts of different topics. Everything was fair game. Things like video games. All your base are belong to us. Comics. I'm Batman. TV shows. I'll be in my bunk. Movies. Time to nut up or shut up. All we cared about is there was some sort of nerdy aspect to the topic. So have a seat, kick your feet up, and relax with our hosts, the Adahe. I want to cut you all. (laughs) I'm just going to cut you all. Naki. I guess I'll go console him by getting in his pants. Bye. Chris. I had Admiral Akbar in the back of my head going, It's a trap! And our weekly special guest host. Now, let's get ready to talk about all things good and nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of All Things Good and Nerdy, recorded live on September 6th, 2012. We're tentatively calling this show Borderlands, because that comes out on Tuesday, and it's going to consume most of our souls by playing it. Um, As you can see, we've got our regular panel of four, including myself. We have our regular hosts of Naki and Adahe, and our special guest host this week is uh, Mr. Peter Welpner. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about you? Um, I don't know. I'm just... uh, I'm. I uh, used to be on a radio show called Lex and Terry for many years. I currently work for uh, the Dallas Morning News, which is uh, the paper of record in Dallas, and I do product development, digital product development for them, so websites, apps, uh, trying to help them convert from messy, dirty old newspaper to uh, digital stuff. And as we can tell by your collection behind you, you definitely have the nerd cred to be hanging out with us today. (laughs) Well, much to my wife's dismay, yes, uh, I have a lot of things collected back there. So, Adahe and I are are both admiring your tick collection. Uh, (laughs) I'm quite proud of my tick collection. Yeah, thank you very much. That show was all show. All of the tick is amazing. Even the live show was good. Even the live action show. Even was the awesome. live action yeah. show. <laughs> That's because Patrick Warburton was perfect as the tick. He really was, and um, and I can't remember the name of the actor, but the guy that played Batmanuel. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Who oh, was, was the player mouse in the comic book? Right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's him. his name? He was in Lost. He was in Lost. He was. Um, oh. I can't remember he, his name. He looks that. like he has perma eyeliner. But that's just his eyelashes. Oh, right, his exactly. That's going to bother me. Hang on. I got this. I got this, guys. They have IMDb for a reason. Oh, yes. Exactly. What is your name, sir? Well, while you're looking that up, let's start talking News of the Week. Live from the ATG and Studios on uh, the internet. It's the News of the Week. While you're looking that up, we'll queue up Adahe to go first on his News of the Week, which was, sir... Steam's big picture was available as of like uh, what five six days ago. It's actually really neat. I've played with it a bit. You just uh, hook your computer up to your big screen using an HDMI cable, and uh, there's a button you can click on called Big Picture, and it opens up an app of Steam that's optimized for use with a controller. Um, okay. And you have access to your entirety of your Steam library, your Steam friends, your Steam saves, all the cloud files from Steam, and you can play any game on Steam on your big screen. So, basically, consoles are pointless now. Get so, this, this is basically their precursor to the Steam Box? It is their Steam Box. Uh, the hardware that apparently they're developing is going to be hardware made for control of the big picture. So, okay. it's going to be peripherals, not a box. That's the rumors that are going around now. 
So how is that on system requirements? Do you have to have a half, fairly hefty PC to be able to do that? The way uh, they intend, I hooked or? up Jess's PC because um, I was too lazy to move mine because mine takes a lot more to move. Um, <laughs> the curse of the nerd, right? You're just too yeah, lazy no. to move your computer. You don't want to have to redo all those wires, too. That's right. a pain. And uh, I, Jess's computer is not even close to what mine is in performance-wise, and I didn't have any issues with it. And even running it on, we have a 54-inch TV, so I had no issues whatsoever. It, it, it's really smooth. It's really well optimized. It works so well with an Xbox controller. Um, it's just it's it's literally it's designed around being efficient with a controller. It's it's another to me. I think it's another home run from Steam and Valve. It's, so it's just amazing. I haven't been following it too much. So you're my main source of information here. Are are like the games that are on there just optimized for controllers, or does it include ones that might not necessarily be? And you could map your own uh. controller schemes. They're gonna. They're working on that right now. You um. You can optimize them for controllers in the settings yourself. Okay. Um. Or you can still use your mouse and keyboard if you so choose to. I, me being that I wanted to you know get the full experience of it and test it out to the fullness. I used a controller and I was playing um. Orcs. Orcs must die. Okay. Oh, oh my god, that's so much fun on a giant screen, man. You have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's just fun, period. So I can't even imagine on the giant screen. But uh, it's definitely worth a shot. Um, it's so much fun. And uh, I think it would be nice for the people who are so used to controllers and their big screen that mm-hmm. uh, they'll, be, they'll actually have a use team. Not to mention, Sega's been putting so many old games on Steam. Like, it's just awesome. I was playing Sonic, too. The old Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my conspiracy theory. Would this be, possibly, be possible to have them develop an app for the Xbox to play PlayStation and try and team up in that regard. That's I'm just already, it's already rumored. People are rumoring that like mad that they're going to put something on the uh, Xbox Live network and on PSN that you can access Big Picture via those things, which would be like they could shoot it down and stop them from coming. But why would they? I think it would be in Microsoft and Sony's advantage in, in some regards to say, "Hey, we're setting it up. They're they want to be these media center savvy people." I'm just saying, Orcs Must Die is already on Xbox, Xbox Live. Sorry. And a lot of those games you'll find are in the marketplaces, I think. But yeah, a good. It's bit still of cool. Them. And as I'm a technology nerd, it'd be awesome to see Steam on my Xbox or my PlayStation. Yeah, it's, and another big advantage, especially with Orcs Must Die, is now like if I well, I could do it before. I could just hook my computer up to my big screen, anyways. But it's not as easy to navigate. It's not as efficient, basically, as this is. But um, and it's free anyway. But now it's you know you buy it one place and you can access it in multiple places. Okay. Um, not just like oh I can buy it on the Xbox Live, and I can only access it on my Xbox. But with this, you know, I buy it on my PC. I can play it on my big screen. I can play it on my computer monitor. I That's could... really cool. Yeah. That's, so that's what a... if what if uh, what if when the 720 and the PlayStation 4 or whatever it would be at that point come out, what if games were built to be platform agnostic? Hmm. That would be amazing. That would be amazing, but the cynical gamer in me never sees it happening. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that is that issue. <laughs> Microsoft yeah. will never let Halo, for instance, be on a PlayStation, and play. And Sony's not going to let um, God of War be on an Xbox. Things <laughs> I like that. To think I, of a, think. I was trying to well, think of a Sony IP. It was hard. <laughs> so the theory is is that as gaming tends to tail ta- trail off as far as you know purchasing of games, and if gaming is largely based in clouds. If if games were built to be platform agnostic, suddenly the freemium idea becomes very powerful. 
um, oh, yeah. and the idea of buying subscriptions. And mm -hmm. so, you know, uh, consumers then can then decide that, you know, I want my Sony PlayStation to be my media center that I watch Blu-rays and play games on, or I want my Xbox 720 or whatever it's called to be my media center. Um, but everything you do, whether you're watching movies, streaming, or playing games, uh, the purchase point is your console, but everything you can do, you can do across any platform. That would be amazing. I would love yeah, that. That's why we'll never get it, because we'd all love it so much. <laughs> it makes too much sense. Exactly. It, it makes the competition be more level between everyone, then. Can't have fair competition. That's just silly. Um, okay, so I looked up the, the name. His name is Nestor ah. Carbonell. Yeah, Nestor Carbonell. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Carbonell. Yeah, he's, uh, he was great as Batman well. He was. He was He was great in Lost. He was probably the only reason why I watched Lost till the end, because I hated the end. I haven't yeah. seen Lost yet, but it's for on. those who don't know who Batman Well was, this was Batman. <laughs> oh, Batman Well! Yes, he was kind of a sissy pants, but he was awesome. He was more yeah. about getting the girls. Ish. Well, I'll go next in news of the week, and my news is in regards to Amazon continuing to show that they get customer service like many others don't. If you guys remember. Uh, Marvel was supposedly be putting out, excuse me, putting out a bundle of the Avengers Phase One, like all of the Marvel movies in their contained universe up to this point. It was going to be packaged in a briefcase that looked like what the uh, Cosmic Cube was packaged in. Mm -hmm. The only problem was they didn't own the rights to that briefcase they used in the movie, and they got sued by the briefcase makers. So oh. they are not putting out that Phase One thing that had all the movies in there. But the cool thing is, a bunch of people had pre-ordered it on Amazon, and what Amazon has done for these folks is they've told them that. Later in the year, sometime in the spring, this is going to get re-released in a regular DVD bundle package. Their pre-order is good for that, but since they won't be getting the Avengers when it comes out at the end of the month, they gave them a free redemption code for a Blu-ray, DVD, or 3D Blu-ray version of the movie. Oh, nice. Because they're inconvenienced like that. And Amazon's always been real good with their customer service. They've too. always been very good with their customer service, and seeing things like that, it just makes me smile, because I wish I had pre-ordered the whole Phase 1 bundle at this point, but my yeah. problem was I already owned all the Blu-rays. <laughs> Yeah, same. I got the I got the lithographs from the Disney store though. Are they good? Oh, they're beautiful. I love lithographs. And for those I got of you, ones. for those of you that this might apply to that pre-ordered the Phase One bundle, if your pre-order was placed between June one and August twenty eighth, you'll be receiving an email from Amazon with the redemption code for your free Blu-ray, DVD, or three D Blu-ray copy of the Avengers. So, kudos to Amazon for the great customer service move. I mean, that's awesome. It is. Uh, comment from the YouTubes. Eric says, Steamworks is already on PS3. Oh, there you Charles. go. Is it? See, that shows how much I use my PS3. I don't have a PS3. I'm not that cool. It's my Blu-ray box and occasionally a Netflix box. Because <laughs> <laughs> my Xbox sounds like it's going to take off when you watch Xbox on it. Um, Believe it or not, I have... I just. This is amazing to me. I have an Xbox 360 that was purchased and still operates and has never failed, and it was it's an original Xbox from the day they went on sale however many Man. years ago. That's like I seven applaud years you, ago. sir. I'm on my third right now, but luckily they've all been under warranty. I'm now, I probably don't play it as much, but the fact that I've never gotten the ring, the red ring of death or had any failure with it. And it does sound like a Harrier jet taking off when you try to watch movies. Right. And, and in all fairness to Microsoft, supposedly they fixed that with the new version, the slim box, the slim version of the Xbox is out, supposedly much quieter. Yeah. But. Yeah. The, I, the, well, the one that I have, it's the Gears of War Special Edition. I don't ha I, it, it's not that loud. 
But you see, I don't want to upgrade because I'm still waiting for the Xbox 720 because knowing my luck, I'll buy the new, uh, new Xbox 360 and then they'll announce the 720 or whatever it is two that's weeks later. That's generally how it goes. I think that goes for everybody. I think that's how it goes for everybody, though. It's like, oh, I'm going to buy this. Just kidding. Yeah, no Just doubt. kidding, guys. Um, oh, Naki, why don't we queue you up next for your news of the week? Okay, I'm actually going to do two because we originally had two guest hosts this week. Um, our first guest host, Mr. Wills, has had way too many technical difficulties and unfortunately has just decided that it would be easier for us to go on without him. Sad face. So we miss you, Wills. Sorry about that. That really sucks. Um, this uh, His news of the week was regarding the Wii U announcement and all that fun stuff. I'm pulling up the article now. Don't mind me. I'm not um, sold on the Wii U. I'm not either. Maybe I'm a cynical gamer, though. I'm the thing is with the Wii U is that there's only a very there's only a few things that I'm really kind of interested in with it. Like I really kind of want to see Aliens Colonial Marines because they were announced for it. Um, other but than that's that, multi-platform though. That's it's, it what is a multi-platform. What are the, platform, what are so, the exclusives know, on Wii U to sell me on it? Is the problem I've had. I mean, the Nintendo games they made for it will be awesome because Zelda was awesome on the GameCube was awesome just, on the Wii. Well, if you look at the Penny Arcade, they put out a comic. Um, with this, and and it was an amazing idea where you, you give like the Wii U pad to your DM, and three other players have the Wii remote, and they're trying to delve through the dungeon while the DM is trying to fuck them over with every step they make. That would that make would me buy cool. a Wii. That would that would seriously <laughs> make me buy a Wii. There's the they they announced something called Nintendo TV with the double eyes because you know it's them um, that will allow users to tap into live programming and streaming video from their gamepad. Which sounded right. kind of cool, but at the same time, I think they have stuff like that for tablets now, so I don't well, feel like it's necessary. The cool, the cool thing on that, I actually did a little bit of reading on it, and from a gadget standpoint, it seemed pretty cool, is that it's going to hook into Netflix, Amazon, and all that for your instant streaming, but supposedly, and they showed TiVo integration, it would integrate with your DVR, and you could use your, your WePad or whatever the name is as like a control for your TiVo, and they were working with cable and satellite operators to be able to make the Wii U interface with your DVR box. That's so cool. you could use it almost like a Google TV box as a mediator between things to control everything. Well, that's pretty cool. And I... um, apparently a, a, a exclusive to Wii U is the Bayonetta 2, which if you were a fan of the Bayonetta series, that'd be a pretty big deal. Um, I never played it, so I can't say anything there. Um but, I mean, they got, like, the new Pikmin game, and I'm sure there's going to be a Smash Brothers and, you know... Zelda and Mario. Zelda, Mario, all that the, stuff. Their first-party games are always really strong, but when their third-party titles they're announcing is Batman, Arkham City, and Mass Effect 3, which I could have owned for a year already, I don't think that's as helpful. There's that issue, and honestly, I never played anything other than the Nintendo Strictly games for my Nintendo Wii, like I have... Super Mario Brothers, and I have Super Smash Brothers, and I have, I think I have one of the Sonic games, which was stupid, and I just honestly, I never used my Wii, so I don't find myself, ever, other than for Netflix, and I was, I don't find myself going out and, you know, hunting it down, right. or spending the two, there's a two ninety nine basic edition, or the three forty nine or three fifty or something like that, uh, deluxe offering, which, there's the a lot of difference. For fifty bucks, I would do the upgrade because the two ninety nine version is a single game pad, a sensor bar, and eight gigs of storage. And then your deluxe comes with <laughs> yeah. a charging stand, a game disc, and thirty two gigs of storage. So, 
Mr. Single Gamer and me coming out again, they only played that $2.99 once they could say they had an under $300 price point, because who's going to buy that for a $50 difference? No, I completely agree there. I don't think that they would, I think that's the only reason why they did that, and it was was very, it's very obvious that it was a cash grab at that point. Aha, drinking game. (laughs) Um, I hope it does well, I'll be honest, because... I don't want to see Nintendo become the new Sega, where they made awesome console games and awesome consoles for a while, and then they just went, and now you hear of a Sega game, and you just make fun of it, because it's generally not very good. I would not underestimate the power of Nintendo's pool to the family uh, experience. You know, that's what they excel at, are making games for kids, young kids, uh, pre-teens, younger than that, and parents tend to trust Nintendo to make games that don't have zombies and decapitations and gore and blood and I think there's a I think that's something that people like us tend to overlook is the power of Nintendo's pull to that age group and right. parents. And I think they're making a point with this one to have games for both demographics because they've yeah. talked about having the first person shooters and things on there too. And they are the clearly and I think the one thing about the Wii U that I'm interested about is the impact of having a second screen experience for gaming and what that really means for gamers. Do gamers really want to have to monitor two different screens at the same sure. time or two different devices? Is the ability to play the game on a big screen and then stop it and then continue it on a handheld device later on really that important to to the average gamer? I don't know the answers to the questions, but I do think Nintendo, with the U, are asking some really, really interesting questions. I do too, and I think that Microsoft and Sony are also starting to hop on board with the second screen experience because you have the Smart Glass app that's coming out for the... For, the, for all the Xbox side of things, so you can have a second screen for your Xbox games on any of your tablets, and then Sony has it set up so you can hook the PlayStation Vita up into the PS3 and yeah, do something similar. So, that's the one thing that the EA was doing right with that smart glass. So they were talking about the integration of Madden, so the smart glass would be your playbook, so you could flip through it and select your plays and edit your plays on the fly. That is amazing. That is a great thing from EA. It's the only one you'll ever get. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't didn't they just announce something with Madden with doing the live with with like making a fantasy team? Like, is I, I missed that. Like, I only saw I part know. of the article, so I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, I know they set up Connect integration, which I'm gonna download the demo and try, so you can do like audibles and stuff with your Connect microphone, which would be really cool. I mean, I'm not much of a Madden well, player. It'd but, be really I mean, cool as long as you're playing against someone across the internet, not in your living room. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that, that's not gonna do you. <laughs> But okay, back to the Wii U. Um, I, th- I I completely agree with you that that they do the family style. If I was gonna get, if I was gonna get a, a console for my nephew, he's five years old. You know, I would I would totally get him the Wii or the Wii U. I think that would be perfect for him because that would start him off where I started off in gaming with Mario. You know, and Donkey Kong and that sort of thing. I still. I don't know if I would get it. I actually have to think about it if I would get him the Wii U because I feel like that might be overstimulation for a kid to have two screens. I don't know. Am I crazy by thinking that? I think a lot of it depends on how they use the second screen experience because my guess is they haven't announced it. When you do it with Zelda, it's going to be predominantly put like a dungeon map up or like your inventory and controls, things like that. So it's not like you're going to have to split your attention all the time. It'll be your secondary things that go down there. That's true. I mean, I, I just I think I'm just so set in my way with the single screen thing because I you know I've only recently started PC gaming because you know we can all thank Eric. <laughs> I have a second laptop now that that actually works, and um, you know it's only become a recent thing that you know I can even pull up 
multiple screens at once. So it's True. just like. But I think it also goes back to the fact, like Peter had mentioned, that the gamer side of things really isn't the target demographic initially. It's the younger crowd that. Oh. Yeah. They're going to be more flexible, things like that. I'm set in my ways, I'll be honest. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. That doesn't look like... And then I'll try it and probably be like, oh, this is actually good. But So let me let me throw something out that I find very interesting. I don't know how old the three of you are. I'm, I'm about to be 44, and so my gaming experience literally, and I'm not kidding, started with Pong. Yes. Okay? I had Pong. Okay, so and the original Pong console where you actually That's had awesome. a knob on the, each the, side. The knob. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and watching, you know, gaming change over the last 30 years, 30 plus years, um, it's interesting to me, you know, what gaming is now for you guys is very different than it was for me. Your expectations and desires and wants out of a game are very different. I still love to play 8 bit games, I don't do it very much, but there's it. something wonderful. <laughs> There's something wonderful about the simplicity of asteroids or oh, fall or any of those things. And and I what'll be interesting to watch you guys as a next generation is how you react to kids who demand second screen experiences because it takes it to a different level than what you guys are used to. Sure. I mean I started with the Atari, the original Atari, and went from there. So I still love to go back and play the old school games. What I loved about the Wii when I had it was all the old Nintendo games you could play on the virtual console. Mm-hmm. You want to see something cool? Oh, most definitely. So it turns out that my father in law was the origin was an original game hacker. You see this? Yeah. That is an EEPROM out of an Atari 400 game. My father-in-law is an electrical engineer, and he used to take the games and burn the code into another EEPROM <laughs> and steal it. This is actually in <laughs> Space Invaders 1 and 2. These are the original ROMs out for Pac-Man 1 and 2. That's awesome. <laughs> that awesome. Isn't that cool? I found them in a box. I still have an original Atari 400 uh, in, a, in my attic with a bunch of original games and stuff and an Atari 5200 Star Raiders, folks. Really the best game ever oh, made. Man. I'm jealous. Uh, it I doesn't would... work, but it's still cool. Oh, I'm sure you could find someone that could fix it, but it's just a matter of how much that would cost then. It's probably easier just to play the... Uh, the, um, the ROMs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or the, uh, the, the version you can play on PC or Mac. The um, I forgot the word. When, you, when you're faking the game. Oh, emulation. Emulation, thank you. There's yeah, emulators for the old Ataris that you can play on PC and stuff now. So, I think one other thing on the Wii U before our, we can probably move on to something else unless someone else has a point is that they're getting the advantage that that Microsoft had last console generation, and they're coming out before everyone else, and arguably they might be out two years before the next consoles come out because now there's rumors that the new PlayStation and Xbox might get pushed back to 2014. So if they get that much of a head start, that's probably pretty helpful for them. It's true, I, yeah. I think. Sorry. I, no, what I was going to say, there, there's really a weird time going on right now because I think the next generation of consoles are really going to be dependent on bandwidth into the household. Oh, okay. And um, I think, you know, what they may try to do is a lot like what, and we'll talk about here in a little bit, Apple was trying to do on holding off and putting LTE into their phone, was is that these companies can't build consoles that require high bandwidth that a lot of people don't have yet. Um, especially when you're transferring uploads, because um, that's generally the slow, the, the bottleneck for most people's houses. You can tell from my jumpy screen here, right? Yeah, same um, here. <laughs> yeah, so, same. I have the same issue. Right. So it it would make sense if we start to hear that those next consoles take an extra year to come out. That that is probably a large part of it. Is is that they just 
they need a little bit more bandwidth than people are generally able to have. Now, with that, do you think these companies might try to back and support Google Fiber? Uh, to help increase their sales. Well, that would make sense, but you know, the other big issue we're going to start getting into is metered internet access. I mean, you're already seeing it with your cell phones. Um, the reality is, is that you know your internet access is eventually going to start to get billed to you from your internet company, like your electricity bill, like your water bill, and it's at about a, you know it's a usage issue, um, and that may be how you know your access to the internet and the amount of bandwidth and speed of it you get changes is that companies will then begin to offer you you know capped or metered services uh, to get you 30 plus megs a second or whatever you need to get to really be able to do the streaming and gaming you want to do. I'm gonna be screwed if that ever happens. Yeah, I already have like 35 <laughs> and I'm not metered but uh, yeah the I just I don't know the internet is so far behind where it should be at this point in time it's so far behind the technology and storage growth um, mostly because companies aren't forced to change in my opinion that we accept what they give us and they're not uh, forced to actually do anything better which is yeah, I like where it gets I like where Google's coming in and trying to change the marketplace. That's all they're really trying to do. Well, it's an um, infrastructure issue. You know, in, in large parts, people tend to forget that the United States of America is a giant landmass. So when you try to compare Internet speeds to Japan or Korea or some of these littler countries that are smaller than the size of many of our states, their ability yeah. to build out their fiber net fiber optic network is very different than it is for us and it's expensive to do that but you're right Google has the right idea it's just you know I'll be long gone and dead before we have that kind of uh, network uh, spread across the country the yeah. other thing to remember is and this is really even more powerful to the point which is people's expectations especially the youngest generation they don't expect hardwired services into their house they're expecting it to all be wireless right That's they're true. all about their mobile devices so internet companies are far more focused on expanding their cellular connections to the internet versus getting it wired into your house. Which will be a good thing for the people working in wireless. There's not a lot of spectrum right now in wireless. It's a problem. No, and in fact that, you know, as a guy that comes from radio, a lot of people have the theory that what will happen is is that the government and radio companies will eventually sell off the analog channels, you know, the the typical radio stations you've been listening to for all these years, you know, they've been trying to convert everybody to listening to digital versions of those stations. Yep. And eventually those analog channels will be sold off and used for bandwidth for uh, wireless services down the road, along with television analog and all of that. I mean, we sort of saw some of that when they sold off a lot of the 700 megahertz spectrum stuff a couple of years ago, was it? And Verizon bought up a bunch. And yeah, that's when Verizon started really getting their good coverage. Yep. You know, that's, I think, how long have I had my phone? I've had my phone about three years now, four years now, or my Verizon coverage. And, you know, it, that's <clears throat> that's when I really noticed that it was... You know, it, they had the good coverage. Sorry, I didn't mean to fall out of screen here. I just had a <laughs> message on YouTube. Uh, by the way, Eric on YouTube has asked, uh, with the Wii U, are they getting an advantage by uh, coming er coming in early, or are they suffering the Sega Saturn dis disadvantage? I mean, that could go either way. It'll all be. It'll simply be about content. If they have killer content and some awesome feature that you're not going to get for a year or so on your Xbox or PlayStation, that'll be in a huge advantage. But if they stumble out of the block with iffy games and the, the marriage between the second screen and the main screen doesn't work that well, 
then it'll be a disaster. Right, and I think they realized that, because I think during the press conference they said something to the effect of between November and March they're supposed to be dropping 50 games for the Wii U. Right, well... That initial it, window. If you remember when we watched the, their their conference at EA, we were all very skeptical, because it just it didn't look well, anything special. I don't know. The, the issue with Nintendo's E E3 thing was Moyamoto come out, and Moyamoto owned it. Like, he was amazing, and Pikmin was amazing, and then everyone else was like... Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I, I, don't, I don't know. I got to I got to look at the, the Wii U a little bit while, while I was at PAX. I did not spend a lot of time on the show floor, so I did not get, you know, to look look at it or play anything. But it looks it, they had good selling points, you know. I can see where they're coming from with the with the Wii U. It just because at this point, you know, we're, we're, we are doing the evolution of gaming, and, you know, my nephew, he's going to always play with two screens, whereas I'll, you know, be used to having one. Well, I mean, I and it's not new for Nintendo. They've actually started trying to do the two-screen thing with the DS years ago. So That's true. They've That's been true. training the kids to be used to it for now. <laughs> That's very true. I just don't have a DS. I really wanted a DS because I really, when the very first DS that came out, we had it for about, for, for a while, and I really like the, the mini Mario game, but I can't think of the name of it. DS was actually quite nice for Pokemon. It was. That's what I heard. Was, I like, never got to play Pokemon on it. Just bash your abilities on the touchscreen and <laughs> like, God! I don't know. Uh, I love Pokemon. It's, well, I don't know. I haven't played any recently since the Diamond and Pearl kind of... I don't know. Diamond and Pearl was the one that like finished it for me. I'm like, okay, this is turning into Final Fantasy. I've just had a fucking enough of it. <laughs> Well, I think that I think the second screen, the the handheld gaming device p- portion of the Wii U, is what's really fascinating because I can tell you from people that I know that are in gaming development, what they've noticed is is that iPad games are a huge deal. Um, that you know, being able to walk around with a seven, eight inch, nine inch screen and play a video game as well as you can on an iPad, at least that it's not my personal uh, desire to play this, is huge in the younger demographic, and I I think it's interesting to see that. What Nintendo's able to pull off with that device, and if they can make games that translate from that to the big screen, and vice versa. And if they can do that, um, I think that you know they're really going to kind of set a standard for what everybody else is going to try to do. And I, I completely agree. Uh, Eric makes a point on YouTube saying um, he's thinking more of the long term. These new consoles will be along, around for a long time. If the new Xbox and PS4 are more powerful, then the Wii, then it might be a Wii compared to a PS3 and a 360 game situation. Which is, I think that was the point he was trying to make before. But um, it's I can kind of see where he's coming from there. Does it does it make the Wii? less likely to evolve, the Wii U less likely to evolve with the PlayStation and the Xbox uh, upgrades or whatever you want to call them, new consoles. Uh, or, you know, it really could go either way. Does it make them the more advanced ones or does it make them fall behind once the new Xbox and the new PS4 no, are announced? There, I think the issue with what I saw in the specs of it and whatnot with the Wii U is it's already behind. The Wii U is, is only barely more powerful than the 360. And barely. It's 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 already it's being released with old technology. It's, it's already behind. It's more powerful than the PlayStation 3 too, I thought. Barely. It's not a big improvement. That's That was the big issue. That, um, that's true, but at this point, a lot of it's coming down to the experience. They can milk a lot out of that hardware. 
But, I mean, even out of the Xbox and the PlayStation 3 right now, they've pretty much been using that so long they know all the tricks to optimize everything. So if they can do that with the Wii and finally have HD graphics, which I think is a big thing, then I don't think that's going to be troublesome until probably about four or five years from now. I think it's important to note that Halo 4, or whatever version of Halo's out now, works on a current model Xbox 360, and it works on the one that's sitting in my room that's been around for, what is it now, six, seven years? Yep. Hardware is always an oversold, oversold thing about gaming consoles. Yeah. It's all about the coding. It's how those guys write the games. Um, and, um, and, and that if they are effective in the way they write the code, those games will look and write and play great on consoles that are six years old. Sure. Because if you look at the trend in console games, about two years after a console comes out, that's when you hit the sweet spot when people are starting to figure out all the tricks to milk yeah. everything they can out of it. Yeah. Which is why I think Halo 4 is going to be fantastic when it comes yeah. out in a couple months. I was actually considering <laughs> the same boy. point <laughs> about the, uh, the hardware. A lot of people overestimate the amount of hardware that's in a, computer, in a uh, console. Like it, yeah. what's, It's like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, the Xbox has so much RAM. I'm like, no, like, what, one gig or something like that? It's not much at all. Uh, it's, it's it's just uh, people really don't understand what's inside of them. Um, a lot of gamers do look at the hardware. Now, like we had mentioned earlier, though, the gamers that are mostly going to get into the Wii aren't going to pay much attention to the hardware because, as we mentioned, it'd be family gaming is going to be the big thing that takes off with that, sure. most likely. Um, I think the oh thing well. that's most under-anticipated under by those guys is storage space, because you think seven years ago, 20 gigs was a good deal of space for a console, and nowadays, I got a 20-gig Xbox, I'm constantly deleting DLC, and moving stuff to mem- to uh, thumbsticks so that I can hold on to it. I have I have four two-terabyte hard drives in my fucking computer, man. <laughs> what and are I'm you like, storing? <laughs> uh, I do video editing and stuff. Oh, I'll, the porn! All the porn of the internet is on the Adahay's computer. I'm actually, right now I'm actually He's looking into buying a studio mic and getting rid of this headset. And that's I was surprised how expensive those are. Yeah, uh, we we just got an onslaught of comments in the in the YouTube side. Um, Penny Arcade. We talked about the Penny Arcade D and D style game with the Wii U controller. Uh, Ryan from last week and one of our frequent guest hosts is, is commenting. Um, he's he's excited for the cool input devices and gameplay. Than more so than the power of the console. Um, my question with that comes with: Does the con- can the console um, like become part of the evolution of console gaming if we release it this early in comparison sure. to the Xbox and the and the PS3? Well, definitely. What I think is going to happen is a lot. Xbox and PlayStation are both going to be watching the Wii U like a hawk to see what they do right with the second screen gaming, what they do wrong, and how they can do it better. It's going to help tremendously with the evolution of console gaming because the other two can say, okay, we're going to take this and do it better, um, hopefully. If they really do wait two years to release and they actually have a little bit of time in their dev cycle, they could change things up a little bit if they had to. I mean, but the development cycle of consoles is pretty dang long. Yeah. Eric um, brings this up, and I, and I, I have to kind of agree with him on it. Um Will it won't be troublesome for the for the Wii U for the next four to five years? But will this console last more than ten years? Will this be one that we remember? I think so. I mean, we're starting to shift in that model with the current consoles we have. When you look at the fact that the Xbox and PlayStation Three have been around for what seven and six years respectively, yeah, we're starting to get like to that. that point where consoles are going to be out there for a longer period of time. Yeah, the five-year rotation is a thing of the past, basically. 
I think you're going to start shifting to a eight to ten year rotation on these things. Really, since I'm interested that you guys think that because this is something we can talk about with the iPhone. Yeah, with mobile but, devices, they're essentially you know disposable things. Like I had a conversation with my dad the other day who has an iPhone four, right? Mm -hmm. And and explaining to him that his iPhone four that he got. 18 months ago is now three generations old, right? So uh, people expect their de mobile devices to be improved and upgraded every 12 months. I mean, that's just the standard. The fact that consoles are in existence six years after the fact. If you bought your when you bought your th 360 or your PlayStation uh, so many years ago, if they had told you that you would still own it and it would be the current model or at least essentially the current model. Five six years later, you would—I don't think anybody would have ever believed you. Oh, I completely agree. But I think as I've gotten older and the console with me, I've kind of gotten used to the fact that hey, they can still put out quality games with this. If it was a matter that we're seven years into it and all the games were crap because they couldn't do anything with it anymore, I think my opinion would shift. All right. So here's my question: If gaming becomes more cloud-based and you tend to stream your information downloads, and so the actual consoles themselves become largely internet connections with a little mm -hmm. bit of storage maybe like on live basically was trying to do yeah or something like that maybe that those consoles do become more disposable because the cost of building them uh, and everything becomes less and less and less you're not worried about putting you know optical drivers in them and that kind of stuff I think that would, yeah I think that would make sense Something I, I think those of. are the reasons why – I mean, these are all the questions and kind of the things that are, are, are reasons why Microsoft and Sony haven't released new uh, consoles because their business relies so much on them. There, there are questions out there that are just too difficult to answer. I, I agree with that full, full heartedly, actually. I mean, even Steam basically runs off a of cloud as much as – as much as it possibly can, and that's PC gaming. Right. Like, I, I, I uninstall and, and reinstall games all the time, and my saves and whatnot come with it. So, um, and so it's just amazing that, and I, I totally agree with that one. Um, got a couple questions on um on YouTube. Uh, my question is this: How do this is from Wallace? How does a dedicated handheld gaming device such as the Vita fit into the big picture here? Does it seem like a step backwards? Well. They're kind of using it as an attachment for the PS3 in part, and they're also trying to hit in in the market that you have with, like, your iPhone and your iPad gaming, I think, by having the portable capability with, like, always connected to the Internet because they have a 3G version, a Wi-Fi version. With but I think that portable gaming like that's feeling the pinch from iOS and Android devices, though. With uh, something I, I, with his question made me think about this, and, and someone else might think this is funny. With cell phone gaming and portal and, you know, whatnot being so popular now, do, does everyone remember the failure of the Engage a few years back? Uh, sure. I thought the Engage I mean, was a good idea. <laughs> it, it, well, it was, and if you look at it, it's basically an iPhone. It was it just it was before its time. It's no different than the Dreamcast. It was before the, its time. Well, the games they were making for it really weren't that good. If you ever played any of the demos, like at GameStop or any of that. I remember. I know somebody who has an Engage. Like you just held on to it for. You can stop for, bullets with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> The difference you see between that and, like, the iPad and iPhone and Android stuff is a lot of that is more casual gaming is where they're making a lot of their big business on yeah. versus a dedicated gaming console where you play, like, an FPS or something on there. FPSs on the iPad are interesting, but I would like having tactile controls to do that. A touchscreen was not fun for some of those shooters. Oh, no. But I think that cues us up nicely to start talking iPhone announcement. 
And I know Peter's probably a lot more in the know on this than I am. <laughs> well, you know, I'm only in it as much as anybody else is, and because Apple um, infuriates the development community by not letting any information out. As much has been leaked over the years, we've no I mean, over the months and weeks, sure, we've known there's been a four-inch screen coming out on the new iPhone 5, but the specifications of which and what that'll mean for uh, app developers and everything else have been a complete unknown. Um, so, yeah, the iPhone 5 uh, went on pre-sale Friday. It sold out literally in a matter of hours. Uh, it, you know, it, it will go on to be the fastest-selling mobile device in history, beating out the current uh, Samsung Galaxy S3, which, by the way, is an outstanding device. It's fantastic. Uh, I wish I had one. <laughs> I know. Well, I want one. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, uh, one of the things that really tends to annoy me is this whole battle between Android people and Apple people and iPhone people, and I think it's ridiculous. Android. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've been, uh, I've been a, yeah, and I'm, a, and I'm an iFan, you know, I am an Apple guy, but I'm also a realist in realizing that, um, what do you got there, dude? <laughs> He's got a dumb phone. <laughs> wow, is that a Palm Trio? Um, <laughs> LG something or other. Sweet. I uh, I don't get into the smartphone thing. I'm just not me. You're probably better off for it. Uh, yeah. So the uh, so the iPhone 5 is coming out. You know the big news is got the bigger screen and it now has LTE connectivity. Um, you know the number one question asked of me uh, every day is should I upgrade? And the answer to the to that question is this: If you have anything as an iPhone 4 or older. The upgrading decision is pretty much a no-brainer. You should do it. On the caveat that you have LTE service in your area. Um, now, if you're on Verizon, LTE is far more available than it is on Sprint or AT&T. It'll eventually get there, but you should investigate that question first before you decide to invest in an iPhone 5. Uh, because you may end up paying for us for something that you'll never use because it could take months if not years before you get that service in your area especially if you're in a medium or smaller size market or especially if you're out in the rural country uh, where there is no such LTE. I live in Morgantown, West Virginia. We got 3G two years ago and that was just awesome then so getting LTE right. is probably a long way down the pipe. And you know what? I'd be interested to know if you even have the super fast version of 3G. The we H do. Oh, you do? Okay. Because when they were putting all that in, that's right when they were starting that. So they said, we'll just put in the the faster stuff. A lot of that's because of the college crowd here and the fact the network gets bogged down eight times a year when the Mountaineers play. They had so, to put in the best they could. I love Morgantown, by the way. Um, Thank you. Oh, it's a great uh, town. I love it. Chicago, what, what? Aw, no one cares. Aw. <laughs> so the, uh, you know, everybody it's, knew it's rare that it, people know who we are. It's, uh, it's, you know, as everybody knew, it's going to be faster, it's thinner, it's lighter, it's got a bigger screen. Uh, we're finding out more about this new A6 chip that is inside of it. Now, what we have learned in the last couple of days that this is actually a chip that Apple did themselves. Um, you know, it's got one gig of RAM in it. Uh, it is 33% faster uh, than the previous version that's in the uh, 4S, they're claiming 50% more power, but I think as far as some of the other capabilities and bandwidth capabilities of the new chip, it's about a third more. Um, I don't. If you guys have a particular question about that, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody anything they don't already know about it, uh, other than the fact that you're probably, if you haven't pre-ordered it by now, you're either going to end up standing in a long fucking line 
on the yeah. 21st, or you're uh, just going to end up having to wait till a new one comes out. I think one of the things that surprised me most about iPhone 5 is how pretty much everything about it leaked out so well ahead of time. I mean, yeah. Because I'm so used to, in the past, not getting a lot of those leaks, which just rumors that are proven dead wrong. So Apple has gone from a company that had, you know, the... Uh, you know, hermetic seal of Area 51 to one of the leakiest, civiest uh, companies out there. I mean, you know, with all the development and, and manufacturing they do overseas, I think they're going to find out that it's just uh, impossible to hide this stuff simply because the media is so hungry, the public is so hungry for this information. There's a value to the idea that you can smuggle out, uh, you know, a single part or a case backing or a piece of glass and shoot a picture of it and sell it to some media outlet or at least get some recognition or put it on a YouTube video and sell commercials on it, right? I have a question, and this kind of has to do with that, but not really. Um, what did? How did you guys feel about the Apple-Samsung uh, lawsuit? If that, like, okay, do you how much do you know about it? Like the whole patent lawsuit? Oh uh, well, you know, not not any of the intricacies of it. But here's the ridiculous part of that: uh, is that Apple just won a billion-dollar lawsuit against Samsung, and they have, in some ways, continued to try to prevent the sale of certain Samsung devices here in the United States. Almost a quarter of all of the guts of the new iPhone 5 are made by, wait for it, Samsung. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, there's an interesting story I was reading, and I don't know if it's true or not. I ran across one of the tech blogs is that Samsung is not – is not making near as many of the displays for the new iPhone that Sharp is supposed to the new LCD vendor for the iPhone 5, primarily. Well, it almost looks like they're trying to shift away. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, it may just be a function of they can't make displays fast enough, right, uh, because they're selling these phones. That's I mean, true, they're, too. They're, they're estimated to – They will. Uh, and there are people guesstimating that they will sell 53 million iPhone 5s before the end of 2012. 53 million of them. There are only three. Well, how many people are in the United States? 330 million? What is the number? I don't know. It's around there, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's just. It's, it's pretty crazy. So. Like one sixth uh, of the country will have an iPhone by that, roughly. And here's the ridiculous part of it. So, um, you know, Apple as a company, one of the things I was really interested in watching was what would be the reaction from the markets for the introduction of the iPhone 5. And because we kind of knew everything about the phone before it actually was introduced, and there was no one more thing wow moment about the phone, you know, there was this rumor originally that the home button would have fingerprint uh, technology so that when you press the home button, that would unlock the phone. Um, yeah, that didn't appear. So that kind of new gadgetry or new feature wasn't in the phone. I was really fascinated to see what the stock market reaction would be since Apple's stock is so crazy high. And you know what? Despite the fact that they didn't have that wow thing about it, uh, the fact that they knew straight off the bat that they were going to sell 6 to 10 million uh, devices within the first seven days, or actually turned out to be probably one or two days, um, really has kept the stock at a very nice place. Apple is now in a position that it doesn't have to have an NFC chip in it. It doesn't have to have uh, wireless charging. They are in the position where they don't have to be the innovators anymore. The one thing I think people will want to watch out when they finally get their hands on an iPhone 5, pick up an iPhone 5 and pick up a Samsung Galaxy 3, uh, uh, S3. 
which, by the way, I'm a huge fan of. But there will be absolutely zero comparison in the build quality between the two devices. Sure. The, new, the new iPhone 5 with its aluminum back and Gorilla Glass is probably going to be so stout that you may consider not even putting a case on it. Oh, I can't do that. That just scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I think that's the thing that you people really, when you pick up an iPhone 5 and you pick up you know, any one of number of droids that are just... You know, they work really well, and the operating system, as long as you've got ice cream sandwich, is, you know, is really nice. But the quality feel of the device just isn't up to Apple standards, and I think that mm -hmm. plays a big part of it. Well, and going back to some of the tech you mentioned, that I don't think NFC is really going to be a big deal in iPhone 5 until it really picks up. I mean, you've just got a few people that are starting to tout it now. I mean, I know where I am. There's none of, like, the checkout with NFC or any of that around. So. I've never seen an NFC checkout anywhere here in Dallas. I yeah. live in the third largest market in the United States, and I've yet to see anybody promote NFC payment capabilities. I now, I know you can do some... Right, so uh, I know you can do some wireless transfer of files and music and stuff, but I think people whining about the fact that the iPhone 5 doesn't have NFC is ignorant and ridiculous, um, trust me, if Apple thought it needed NFC in it, they would have put it. They would have put it in there. I think a lot of people were hoping that Apple would do NFC so they could help move NFC forward, so that the people would be like, "Oh, Apple's supporting this. We should really look into it. It might become more mainstream, for lack of a better term." Yep, but I would I would argue that Apple, of any of the companies out there, what they excel at is knowing what the general public is ready for and wants, right? So let's let's remember, before there was any smartphone at all, Apple really picked up the ball and ran with that technology. They did the same thing with iPods, and they were the company, whether you like them, hate them, loathe them, or whatever, they were the company that finally got the tablet established as a legitimate platform to work on with the iPad. Now, was that because they had the advanced technology, or was that because they had the brand, though? Oh, they had. It's all about the brand. But yeah. part of that is is that they do beautiful design work, and they their walled community of how they control their situation works for them. Um, it is what makes their devices so interesting to the average consumer because they know that when they step into an Apple product, they know what they're getting, and. Fairly or not, that is not the case with an Android device. Because when I pick up an HTC or I pick up a Motorola or I pick up a Samsung or I pick up a Kindle, those experiences are different from each other in very small but yet in very important ways. And that's where Apple has a huge advantage in many ways is that the average person, my mom, my dad, or somebody that doesn't watch a nerd podcast, they don't want to have to with all the stuff that you have to with Android to get the real experience out of it. The things that you, you and I think are really cool about Android, the customization, 85% of the world doesn't care about that crap. They just want their phone to work, right? Right. Yeah. When you were talking about the sturdiness of the iPhone, now I can't speak for uh, my personal experience because I haven't experienced them, but I've heard a lot of people tell me that the new um, Moto Razor is actually quite sturdy. Does it, is it more so, do you think, than it's the Moto Razor? part of it, I think. Yeah. Or... I, I have not seen that, the, you know, this is what's so crazy is that Motorola, three days prior to you know Apple's announcement, rolled out three new Motorola phones, uh, new razors. The entry level of which has a bigger screen and technically from a spec-wise is more powerful than the iPhone 5. And yet it got very, very little notice and acclaim, which again is kind of the, you know... That has to do with the Apple branding, though, too. It's all about branding and, and marketing, and Apple is killing everybody in that area. But that's also why a lot of people hate Apple so much, right? Um, 
It's interesting. <laughs> and Hay is a, is a very vehement Apple hater. <laughs> right. You know, it's the Ford versus Chevy, ketchup versus mustard argument. Everybody thinks something's right for somebody Chevy. else. But, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the best thing is, is that there is options and selections for the consumer out there. There was a time not too long ago where you either bought an iPhone or you were stuck on a regular flip phone. And we have come a tremendous distance in a very short amount of time in that consumers can pick from an almost uncountable number of smartphones to choose from of all different size, shapes, and prices. The speed of innovation on those has been ridiculous, how much, how it's all come out so quickly. And I love the fact that there's competition, especially in the tablet world. And I've, I've admitted on this show before that if I'd waited and not bought my iPad 3 when I did, I'd probably have a Nexus 7 right now. I just can't justify having two tablets. Because yeah, the Nexus 7 I just want to play with. Actually. Well, two of them uh, actually. I'm really interested to see what happens with Android's tablet situation um, because, as somebody that develops applications and and and, and does a lot of uh, reading of research and studies uh, about that, Android and tablet right now is really a very dead market. Uh, the development community for Android tablet is almost zero in many ways. Um, in fact, my company, we don't fundamentally even develop apps for our newspaper for Android tablets right now because there just isn't a marketplace for it. Uh, the number of people using it is so small. Android's got a long way to go. It'll be interesting to see what the Surface from Microsoft does to this marketplace because the Surface on the surface looks like an amazing device, right? So Microsoft actually has made something really cool for once, um, but Apple owns the tablet marketplace so dominantly, um, way more than they even did with smartphones three or four years ago, that it'll be fascinating to see if anybody can catch up in that area. The, the surface intrigues oh. me, I'll be honest, and I'm very curious to see what kind of impact that has on things and whether it's just them and Android fighting it out for number two is what I think it'll end up being. And, I, and I let me just... Let me say this real quick before you ask your question. I, I think it's a, I think it's really really disappointing that Windows 8 on the new Windows mobile devices that are coming out soon probably isn't going to get the look from most consumers it should because Agreed. Windows 8 is awesome. Uh, some is. of the live tile stuff that you can do on the front of that makes Android and iOS 6 look so outdated and so old. It's almost funny, but I just think that the marketplace is so, um, you know, flushed with those other devices that I just don't know if it's really going to get the. And look it's it so app-driven; it's hard to get in if you don't have um, the apps that the other guys have. Yeah. Another, I guess, uh, random question here, since we kind of worked into it a bit, and we we're talking about the Android market. Do you think the Oyo will help the Android market take off? That was actually asked in my Twitch chat, by the way. If anyone had any comments about the Oyo? But uh, will the Oyo actually help that Android app market? It could. I just, you know. There's a lot of money in that thing, but there's a lot of hey, look. Kickstarter is famous for people pouring money into things, and projects still haven't launched. Yeah, yep. right. So I ordered, I paid fifty bucks for a guy that wants to make underwear here in the United States. Seriously, right? So Flint and Tender looks like he's got great products, but I was supposed to have gotten the my three pairs of underwear back. Very sexy, by the way. Back in <laughs> July, and as of the beginning of September, he still hasn't started shipping yet. 
Um, and so, look, that that idea of that new gaming console has a long way to go. There's before anybody really sees what comes out of that. And I hope, I really hope and pray that the people that they're put their money, millions of dollars into that, end up getting something out of it. Yeah, right. It's like it's like we always like warn it. anyone who listens to us: if you're going to back a Kickstarter project, do your research, know what you're getting into, and realize that you might not get anything for your money. You're basically playing the role of an angel investor that yep. gets some perks if it comes out. Um, that question, being said, Kickstarter is great for comics. There's some great creator content on there. Um, question that comes from the YouTube side, and I had the same question. Um, if how do you feel about Amazon tablets and their app market? You know, even though they use an Android platform, do you feel like because you don't, from a developer's perspective, do you see that evolving, or do you see it just you know dying out? Well, I will tell you, as uh, that's a really frustrating. Uh, th- uh, excuse me, sorry. Is that working? Can you hear I me? Mean, so yeah, one of the things that really frustrates me about Amazon or Android in app development is, is that there are so many different ways that you can get your apps on your Android device. Real quick story. Um, our newspaper has three or four or five different Android apps. We've got a news app. We've got this really kick-ass high school sports live scoring app. And a, and a girl down in downstairs told me, she says, I can't find... Um, any of our apps for my uh, T-Mobile device. And I asked her, I, she says, I search, I've put all the search terms and I can't find it. I, I couldn't figure out why and suddenly she showed me the phone and she goes, well, I'm, I'm opening the uh, T-Mobile store here okay. and I'm looking, what, what do you mean T-Mobile store? She goes, yeah, when I bought my phone, they told me to buy my apps to the T-Mobile store. She didn't even know what Google Play was. Okay. Or let alone so, the Amazon marketplace that she could have hit for other stuff too. Well, so here's the thing. So when you develop apps, you now, unlike iPhone, for better or worse, um, you have to realize that there are more than one place and more than one account you have to set up to put your apps into. And as a developer, that's extremely frustrating because the requirements for each are different. Um, it's a real pain in the ass. Um, you know, and I just ended up uploading some stuff into the uh, Amazon App Store, and you got to go through a submission process like you do with iTunes, unlike you have to with um, with Google Play. Google Play, you essentially just submit your app, and they accept it. It just takes it's just a function of time for it to go through the system. But Amazon App Store is more like iTunes. They actually have to look at it and make sure they like it before they put it up there. So the answer to your question, I'm sorry, <laughs> long way. The answer to your question is it is a problem because it just it's more work for the developer. They have to think about too many more things and and uh, and the cost of which in building an app. I got to admit, if I'm Google, I'm not exactly happy with Amazon taking my OS and reskinning it and redoing it so yeah. that they're not putting in any of the infrastructure that I've developed to be able to get advertising revenue or anything like that out of it. Um, but I do love the fact that they used ice cream sandwich in the new Kindles. Um, Ferg on the YouTube side has said the with the Windows 8 the problem with the stigma is the word Windows, right? Which, which that's a lot of people like from what I understand. Um, Amazon or Kindle Fire is a strange device. It is a loss leader for a digital content disguised as a tablet. Mm-hmm. It's a consumption device. It, it kind of feels like that way. Yeah. It's built to make it easy for you to buy Amazon services. And that's then, why they can sell it a loss. Uh, Jeanette had the comment that uh, Ouya is meant to be open source platform for game development. Now, how do you feel about that? Well, it, at the end of the day, it's got to make money, right? And if they, it can be all the open source, it can be all the game development stuff at once, but there's a lot of money poured into it. And if they don't pay back that amount, then if they can't make any money, it's doomed. I'm sorry. 
I had a, a, a question just come across the Twitch really quick, and he said, so uh, is Pete basically saying iPhone is better for dumb people because then you have to look in one spot? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? It's, it, if you want to say that, then, yeah, the answer is yes. Look, he is a, the consumer base loves convenience, right? And if you and, and if you can't be convenient and if you confuse the consumer base, that's a problem for you. And and people that criticize Apple are absolutely right, but there's a reason why they're about to sell 53 million devices in the course of like 12 weeks. They make it very easy for you to use their devices, whereas with Android, you have to try in some cases to figure out how to do things. It's not as intuitive. Yeah, it's all about will, simplicity. I, I love my I love my Android device. Like I I've had issues in the past, you know, with you know some of, some of the devices themselves, not actual like marketplace or anything like that. I've never had an issue with the marketplace, but I have heard the complaints from people where they're like, "But I have Amazon and I have Google Play and I have this and this and this and this and this. Where do what do I buy off of?" And I'm sitting here. Uh, for me, it's always Google Play. Like I've I've never had any issues finding any apps off of Google Play. Well, going back but, to the story about T-Mobile, that's the problem. Is is that that particular person was never told to buy apps from Google Play. She was told to buy them from the T-Mobile marketplace. Right, and, and I think, and I and and I think that's where that kind of confusion comes in. And it's something as simple as the consumer to retailer interface right there. That moment screwed up Google Play for that particular consumer because she doesn't yeah. even know it exists. But I guess the question here is, though, is does T-Mobile get a cut of the apps that are sold through their store? And that, Absolutely. So, that's probably, yeah, that's probably why they're telling their guys that work in the store to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, use the T-Mobile store for everything. Yep. Right. And that's that's totally what it is. But, Veri like, I work off of Verizon, and you know what? They've, I don't think they've ever told me, you know, buy from the Verizon store. Like, I think every person who I've ever talked to over at Verizon was like, yeah, use Google Play. So I think it's just a matter of where you get your phone from, though, too. It is. And I don't want anybody to misunderstand. While I am an Apple fan, I really do appreciate Android as a platform, and I really think a lot of those phones out there are outstanding, and I recommend them to people all the time. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know... An Apple fan. Well, I'm not, Strictly. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the Apple lemming, right? So, uh, uh, as, you know, that whole Apple uh, Android thing really gets on my nerves. I love the whole the development war between the two, though, where they all just come up with new ideas so fast, and then some of them stick, some of them don't, some of them get carried over so that Apple's got some ideas that Android might have done and vice versa. It's great a for consumers. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so Apple started the whole smartphone thing. Everybody kind of leached off of that, and then some of those people improved thing, and Apple leached back. Just think about the notification window shade, yep. right? That was a great uh, design feature that Apple inherited. So, um, I think... Um, I think what's interesting, though, is that Android, and this is where I think they also have their downfall, though, is that they're constantly updating, and there's constantly new phones coming out, as opposed to iPhone, where you can only upgrade, you know, oh my goodness, iPhone 5. You know, well, there's not there's not 85 different phones out there the with the there is, is that Apple controls the software updates, whereas a lot of carriers control the updates for their phones. Right. And I think that it could be a good thing and a bad thing because now there's so many choices with the Android market, but there's only one choice with the with the Apple market. And I right. think that just makes things easier for them to just be like, push this many phones. Although I will tell you that that actually is now becoming an issue with iOS as well. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but iOS 6 is not going to be supported on the original iPad. 
The original iPad, which is what, for most people less than two years old, is now not supported with the current operating system from Apple, simply because it doesn't have the, 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 the horsepower inside to power it and a lot of the other features it needs to do that. Right. Um, you know, the 3GS is getting phased out. Um, so uh, it, it even is, to a certain degree, becoming an issue uh, for Apple, uh, but it is in my opinion, the biggest flaw with Android is just trying to keep up with the devices and what operating system you can put on it and you can't put on it. But I think for Apple, it's a little less of a problem on the phone side because people are used to upgrading every one to two years. And when it comes to your iPad, it's going to be a lot harder for me to want to upgrade that near as often as I do with my cell phone. Uh, the biggest problem any app developer or uh, phone manufacturer faces is consumer laziness in the fact that a lot of people, <laughs> the average person, just doesn't pay attention that it's time to update their operating system, even if it goes from 5 to 5.1 or from 4 to 5. I can't tell you how many times in a day-to-day -day existence when somebody calls me and says, my app won't run on my phone, and it's because they're still running iOS 4 on their yep. iPhone 3G or whatever it is. Um, um, on the YouTube side, uh, Wallace has requested a comment from Peter on your, the new Lightning connector. How do you feel about the new Lightning connector? Um, I think, you know, for Apple, it was a necessity to make the phone thinner. Um, I think it causes a huge problem for a lot of people that have dock, you know, musical devices that they plug their phone into. I think it's messy, but it probably was necessary. Um, uh, I, it'll, it, it, you know, the fact that they're selling. Let me say this. I think it'll be important to find out if one of the the connectors, the the adapters, if the adapter comes with the phone. I think a lot of the problems go away. But if you've got to spend another thirty bucks to buy an adapter so that your new phone fits with all your old crap, like in your car or whatever, I think a lot of people are going to bitch them. The last I'd read, the the there was an article, not an article, there was a sale in the Apple Store, whatever, for the additional lightning connections, and it had some wordage to the effect of an additional one than what comes with your iPhone or something like that. That was removed, and it's come out that you do not get one of the adapters with the iPhone 5 is what I read. Yeah, um, I think that that'll a lot of people are going to be really pissed off about that. I will say the from a design standpoint, the really finally cool thing about the lightning, adapt, or the lightning plug is that it's fully reversible. Yeah, you don't have cool. to insert it in one direction, which is something that has driven people nuts forever. I think there'd be a lot less people that are upset if they'd gone like micro USB or something like that. But you know, Apple's not going to do that. No. Wasn't there something about all Androids are now micro USB? Because I, I know. Well, the EU when I've been trading around, that all phones had to have micro USB. So Apple issued a uh, adapter, basically, for that, if I recall correctly. Okay. Um, it makes so it makes me wonder if, and I don't know this, and somebody probably knows this better than I do. It makes me wonder if there's a technical reason why they went with this instead of micro USB. If there is a, some sort of connection that it needs that micro USB can't pull off for Apple. I mean, you know, that it can't. Whatever. Yeah, and there's something I'd also read before, and I don't know whether it was proven true or not that the adapters might not work for putting out video and audio at this point because they don't have the pins lined up right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm having sound issues. Um, did someone say something? Uh, <laughs> no. There we go. There we go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> like, I saw somebody join the group chat, and then all of a sudden my laptop just went, yeah. Um, Ferg on the YouTube side says he disagrees with the user upgrade laziness for Android. Android updates are so slow due to manufacturer and provider resistance to rollouts. 
Oh, I, what I mean by that is is that even when they're available, people don't know to do it, or they don't think to do it, or they put it off. I, it, that, that's, that's what I mean by consumer laziness, is that I meet people all the time that just simply don't know to do it or don't do it because they just haven't gotten around to doing it. Yeah, it's um, I, I know for the the droid, like I I know I check mine on a regular basis. I know a lot of people who don't because sometimes only sometimes do they actually like um, give you the the notification. I think they do now where they they give the notification. I just regularly check mine. And I know but, that like the iPhone and stuff, they set it up so it would notify you when the new software is up. Just gives you the little number up over the corner of the settings icon. But guys. We all live in a nerd vacuum. Yeah, we so it's one of those, like, we know because we're, that's what we are. Right. I'm telling you, the average person out there doesn't pay attention to that. They see that red one on their settings thing, and they don't even know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's even worse in the PC world, too, if you think about it. <laughs> yep, it's true. absolutely. When people don't update their computers. It's true. All right, so I feel like we should move into the Rumble Pit since we're over an hour in at this point. Um, we can do that, or we can do a couple stories first. It's whatever. Um, it's up to you. You're the host. Well, let's go with a couple stories, because this one made me laugh. And the headline is, Optimus Prime is fired from Transformers 4. Tear. Now, I didn't see Transformers 3, because it didn't look very good to me. But supposedly, there's reports coming out that toy sales were down for Transformers 3 compared to 1 and 2. And that as a result, I got this story off of Dark Horizons, I might add. As a result, the Transformers 4 is going to have a whole new cast of robot characters. And the story revolves around these new characters. I don't support anything Michael Bay does ever. He needs to die in a fire. Who <laughs> <laughs> transforms that Optimus Prime? <laughs> is that your true allegiance to Morgan Fox or Megan Fox? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> that woman should die, too. Uh, I've, I've seen every Transformers. I've, I've seen every Transformer movie. They're, you know, they're really bad. I, I, I saw the first Transformers movie, and I'm like, this guy has basically ruined Transformers. And then he kept making more of them, and I'm like, what's wrong with you people? And then he said he was going to make a turtle movie, and they were going to be aliens. And like, fuck this guy. He needs they're to still die. making it. And no, script no they're not. Was... It does not exist in my world. <laughs> <laughs> like alien turtles. Michael Bay makes fun summer popcorn movies. I just don't like it when he gets a hold of one of the franchises I like is what it comes down to. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, Transformers Carl, not Optimus Prime. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, how can you make a Transformers movie? Transformers. And... Transformers. Can it's, I completely – can I can I ask a question related to this only slightly? Sure, so if you hate Michael Bay with that kind of stuff, how do you feel about the rumor that the Wachowski siblings, now not brothers, but siblings, <laughs> are um, going to be doing the Justice League movie? It's better than Ben Affleck. <laughs> it, is, it is better than Ben Affleck. Is it? Uh, ben Affleck is a really good director. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he hasn't done superhero or crazy stuff like that. Well, he so. did Daredevil. Well, he was That's in Daredevil. Cool. And the- <laughs> he was involved with it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Wait till you see Argo. I've heard really good things about Argo. So I don't think Ben Affleck's a bad director. I just don't know that I would necessarily want him doing a superhero movie. Of course, I said that about Kenneth Branagh. However, you say it with Thor, and I was dead wrong. Well, and he was awesome. How he did of, Thor. A lot of people are like, well, Josh Wheaton hadn't really done superhero stuff either, but he had done a lot of crazy shit. So oh, I had faith in Joss. Yeah, well, because he, he's he's freaking Josh, Joss. Um. 
Ryan in the YouTube comments says, this is a situation where the fan community needs to come together and vote with their wallets for in, in record in, in Transformers 4, I which I completely agree with. But, but it's not targeted towards the fans of Transformers necessarily. It's targeted towards the kids that grew up watching the movies that Michael Bay's put out and not necessarily the guys that grew up playing with the toys and watching the cartoon, I don't think, anymore. Aww, is Transformers isn't ours awesome. anymore. We've lost it. We lost That's it true. the minute uh, Bumblebee became a fucking Camaro. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I thought it was when Jazz was ripped in half and somehow was dead forever. You want to hear something sad? I actually saw a yellow uh, Transformer modeled Camaro driving down the highway with a personalized plate B U M B L B, I think is what it was. <laughs> True fact. Run See them off the is. road. They deserve to die. <laughs> Camaro's a sweet looking car, but. <laughs> They're actually really nice to work on, too, as somebody who, who works on cars. Yeah. I'll, I'll say my, my car's not so friendly to work on. Damn Mine German motors. Well, what do you, what do you have? Cause... I have a, well, I have a Chrysler, but the entire drivetrain is uh, Mercedes because I have a yep. Crossfire. Yep. So it's yeah, it's it's, yep. it's a bitch to work on. <laughs> uh, oh, Ryan needs. To, Ryan is saying we didn't lose it. It still exists on TV because Transformers Prime is amazing. Which I actually haven't gotten to see the. I, I haven't gotten to see a lot of it. I watched some of it with my nephew, but it my is nephew on is Netflix. obsessed I know with Transformers. Oh, is it really okay? Transformers Prime, on, the first season's on Netflix. My nephew's obsessed with Transformers with the original TV show. I don't think he's even seen the movies yet. So. Um, anyways, um, my actual, my news of the week was actually a story that we, um, I had done the Wii U as Wills. Oh, I forgot that you were doing Wills you, for that one. You really don't yeah. matter, so it's okay. <laughs> Fuck you, that's why. Um, my, my story, shut up, at a jerk, um, <laughs> was Russell T. Davies' Wizards vs. Aliens got a teaser trailer, which I was super excited because you know what? I... Harry Potter's going to be fighting aliens now? Yes, and it's awesome. Um, <laughs> Is Sigourney Weaver going to be in it? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, my thing... As a Doctor Who fan, the Russell T. Davies stories were my favorite. And he was the, he's the former showrunner of Doctor Who. Now Stephen, Stephen Moffat. Moffat is the one who, who runs it. And I have extreme issue with Amy Pond. Um, not that she's not adorable or anything like that, but Stephen Moffat has a habit of making his women weak. It bothers me. And I've had this discussion in the past with, about River Song and things like that. Um, with Wizards versus Alien, I'm super excited because it's Russell T. Davies coming back. And there's a more chance of a more Donna Noble character as opposed to uh, the girl who waits. Yeah. I'd rather he just give me more Torchwood. Well, after what happened with Torchwood <laughs> and Stars, and I didn't hear anything good. Now I haven't, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, so I'm not going to give like an official opinion. But I haven't heard many good things about what happened with the Stars thing. I thought it was good, not as good as Children of Earth, but <laughs> sorry, I tried I... to mute fast enough. <laughs> it happens, you know, but I. I'd be excited to see, you know, if he continues to work with the BBC on it, but I really want to see this Wizards versus Aliens because it's Wizards versus Aliens, people. Come on. And it's Russell T. Davies one. Doing as, a, 
quick thing is, as a Doctor Who fan, I have to ask, because I watched two episodes of Doctor Who, isn't it basically just British Bill and Ted? There are moments, yes. <laughs> That's the show name, British Bill and Ted today. We haven't like, even talked about Borderlands, which is which is what the show name was. I, I watched this. I watched like two episodes because like people say this is so amazing, and I, I saw it on because I have the BBC. I'm like, I'm gonna watch this, and I'm like, this is British Bill and Ted. Uh, I would be very careful there, Adahe. That's tantamount to uh, depicting the Prophet Muhammad in a cartoon. I would be really treading <laughs> some seriously thin ice there, mister. Yeah. Not with me, but I'm just saying, if you end up dead, I won't be surprised. There's the Doctor Who fan base is very vocal. Hey, hey, they're making a new Bill and Ted movie. Did you guys hear about that? They Well, they're yes. trying to. They haven't, they haven't to. done the deal yet, yeah. I think Ted's holding out. It's It's very... I can see where you're coming from with that, <laughs> but uh, 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 I'm not going to be responsible for anything that happens to you on this podcast from this point out. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, I got to split. I really appreciate you inviting me uh, into uh, participating, and I'd love to come back sometime. I just uh, I oh, got to get time. Open gotta invite. Got to get going, and I hope hey, I before you head out, let people you know over. where they can find you on the internet. So that uh, guys... you can you can check out. Uh, I got a couple of websites: uh, thegeekout.net which is tied to a, a radio syndication thing that I do. And then I've also got kind of a weird news site called I've got the news.net. And you can follow me at uh, Pete two at Twitter, since I can't get the uh, app at the bottom to work. Uh, Pete two is where you can find me on Twitter. So thanks guys. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for oh, coming on. Thanks for coming on. Really like talking iPhone with you. It was fun. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, you guys have a great day. Thanks. thanks you too. Um, Ryan on YouTube has said we uh, Doctor Who totally needs a British George Carlin, and he says that Ricky Gervais should be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally see that working out. Oh my god! <laughs> It'd be better than what's going on right now, which I'm sure I'm going to get slaughtered by the Doctor Who fan base for saying that. And I'm a Doctor Who fan, but this past this the past two episodes, and I have not yet watched last night's episode. But the, but the dinosaurs in a spaceship and the Daleks was boring. I'll watch Doctor Who one day. I Just really Bill enjoyed it. It's better. <laughs> You're going to get destroyed by some Doctor Who fan. <laughs> All they're going to find is you and a bloody sonic screwdriver. I'm calling it right now. It's true. It's true. And it's going to be a 10. It's not going to be an 11. It's going to be a 10 screwdriver. Like, Come at me, bro. <laughs> Screwdriver can't hold up to my, my, my katanas and shit. We're good. All right. Yeah, I'll let you believe what you want to believe. All right. So go ahead. Be host again. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Well, if you guys are ready, how about we wander into our Rumble Pit matchup for this one? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Cool. I already picked my winner. Yeah. All right, so some, some brief background for those that might be new to it. The Rumble Pit for us is we take two characters from sci-fi, comic books, whatever, and we basically lock them into one of the Rumble Pit maps from Halo, and they have to kill one or the other to get out. And if they don't like to kill, they're given the urge to kill in this. There's no cheating and going, oh, I don't kill, and sitting there and doing nothing. So this week, our Rumble Pit, or as Naki has called at one point, the Cuddle Pit for her, is... Mm. Uh, 
I will be in the middle of that one. Captain Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly and Serenity taking on Han Solo, Smuggler Supreme from the original Star Wars trilogy. And who wants to start us off with their thoughts on this matchup? Um, I'll go. How about Naki? <laughs> it's like, I know so much about it. <sighs> well, this gives the Twitter folks time to say stuff, too, and same with the folks on the YouTube. That is useless. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going with Han Solo's going to win this one. And here's why. Um, Mel needs his crew, whereas Han just kind of will go, eh, and shoot. I mean... Han shot first until they redid the special edition. Han shot first. And we have... Oh, we actually do have comments already. Sweet. Um, Ferg votes solo. Mal does not have infinite ammo. Uh, yes, he well, does. We had that argument with the Captain Mal fight earlier. His gun never runs out of ammo. Face! Uh, <laughs> I uh, you guys are commenting too quick. I can't... I can't... Um, <laughs> we had I'm a jerk say Han Solo as well on Twitch. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, Solo probably has 40-80 shot. Um, 40-80 shot. Mel is accurate, but Han is faster. Han shot first. Um, but he didn't shoot first anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> Jeanette is with me on the cuddle pit. Uh, Ryan says this is totally a Han job. Bravo says Mel. Uh, Bravo says Han never did much fighting, which isn't quite true. Um, but he also says that Han needs Chewie. And then Eric says it's they tie and they will both shoot first. Well, on the Facebook side of things, we got a couple comments. Todd Burbo had said, I'm insulted that you would even put knockoff Han in the same pick as real Han for the picture we put there. And uh, Jamie Spolster, I think it is, says it's all about Captain Tight Pants. It's true. And that's, yeah, Jamie. She's... Okay, I want to make sure I said it right, so if I yeah. didn't, I apologize. Yeah, it's Jamie. Um, so you're it's... saying Captain Mal I'm, I'm, I'm going, is correct? I'm going Mal will lose this one. On shot first. Well, and a little background on both. If you go with history, they're both soldiers because Han Solo was originally in the Imperial Academy and was kicked out for saving Chewbacca's life. So he's a trained soldier. So is Captain Mal, but he was a trained rebel soldier because the Separatists weren't necessarily a formalized military. So he learned a lot on the fly. So Han's got both the smuggler background and the formal military training, whereas most of Mal's training is rebel-type training, insurgency-type training, you could argue. But that might actually give him an advantage. Bravo says he's rage quitting the show because I'm wrong. Shut up, Bravo. <laughs> well, I haven't made you wrong. Yeah, don't quit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeanette says with Han Solo, it comes down to his experience. Mal, it would depend on circumstances and environment. Mal is a very quick thinker. Don't give Mal a sword though, because he can't sword fight. That's true. But I think in this case it would be pew pew and not clink clink. Yes, that is my technical term of saying. So, what, what do you do for lightsaber fights then? Mew, mew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. <Right. laughs> well, I, am I going to sit here and make freaking noises? No. <laughs> I think I'm taking Captain Mal on this one just because he fought a. 
he fought a losing war but still kept fighting. Whereas for a longer time, for a long time, Han just didn't fight after he got drummed out. He'd fight unless he was cornered, basically. And I don't know. I'm taking Mal. I think he'll win in the end. I think it's going to be a very close fight. Um, and then I Ryan, think Han Solo resurrects and they go get some beers. Brian also says the Falcon is cooler than Serenity, and the Falcon has guns. Serenity had a gun for like 30 minutes in the movie. That really oh, that's matters. oh, but that, yeah, that's right. They mounted it on there, but then you know it yeah. was gone. All right, I'll go ahead and say Han Solo. So Han Solo wins. That's just because you don't want to agree with me on anything I say. I know how this goes. I actually don't want to agree with either one of you, but <laughs> the little the, the little bit that I know of of both of them, I mean, come on, doesn't he shoot like a fucking laser gun or something like that? I mean, come on. Well, technically, Mal could too. Shut usually, up. <laughs> you shut up. You, <laughs> you don't ruined, even know anything. I'm trying to agree with you, and you ruined it. I know. It. I'm just saying. <laughs> See, I'm really I was expecting the kid here. You guys playing the drinking game are gonna love this. I was expecting Adahe to vote for The Rock. Oh, that's true. I was actually gonna say Gabe Newell. <laughs> he would show um, up with his uh, heavy gun and just like ha ha ha, cry Jeanette, some more. Jeanette says, "You know the vote. You know the two of them would." probably avoid a fight as best as they can, but the, Ser- the Serenity has a better and more prepared crew. Yeah, but it's one-on-one. Otherwise, that, well, it depends. Is there a Jedi on Han's crew at the time? Because Jedi trumps all in this case. Does it? Does it? Why does a Jedi... I'm not... Uh, again, Force I'm playing powers, devil's advocate. Saber. But, if there, but the Serenity is more prepared as a crew. So, okay. you know, if you get but all these if- people versus one Jedi, who would take it? Did did you not watch the Clone Wars cartoons or anything? I've I've only seen very I've, I've seen very little of the Clone Wars cartoons. All right. The Jedi. Oh. It takes a lot to stop a Jedi, especially if That's they've basically true. just got guns and stuff like that. Because lightsaber trumps gun. That's true. Plus, there's the fact they've got force powers. I've been trying to force choke Chris for like ten minutes. It doesn't work. I thought my neck was itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you two are worthless. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I think we have a decided outcome today that Han wins two to one. And all right. in all honesty, I did not come up with a Rumble Pit matchup for next week. So if anyone has a suggestion, please throw River that out versus there. Walker. Who? River versus Walker is in the YouTube chat. Who's Walker, River? Texas Ranger? <laughs> I think they're making the droid. The droid walkers. Cause, oh, okay. Because I was like, if you have oh, Walker, Texas Ranger, of course Chuck Norris is going to fucking win. Yeah, he's fucking Chuck Norris. The only person who may be able to beat Chuck Norris is Liam Neeson. And, nah. Wait, so River versus walkers, like River Tam? Yeah. Versus I'll, robotic walkers? I think what's inside the walker, maybe. Eric was very... All he put is River what about versus the, walker. And, and since next week's is Borderlands... Um, Maybe we could Borderlands. do. Maybe we could do the new four versus the old four. Okay, that would be interesting. We'll look into that. We have to, that means we'll have to look at the skill trees and stuff. But yeah, let's do that. We're gonna do Borderlands one versus Borderlands two for next week's Rumble Pit. We're gonna take the four vault hunters from Borderlands one and pit them against the. Wait, there's more than four in Borderlands two, though. There's well, the, the four starters. Well, the mega the megromancer isn't the four really starters sure. then. Okay, yeah. so we'll the, go with the four starting. Folks from Borderlands 2. That's our Rumble Pit matchup for next week. Um, there's a well, 
I suppose they're still the same thing because like they they really upgraded from Borderlands too, but that's fine. We can we'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> okay, so that's our matchup for next week, guys. Go team. Go team. Um, there's actually still more comments going on in the YouTube chat. Well, let's hear them then. We can talk back uh, to our our audience. Apparently, Eric was meeting Luke Skywalker. Is what he was meeting. Oh. So River Tam versus Luke Skywalker. We'll save that uh, for two weeks from now. Then I like that one. No lightsaber uh, though, because that's not fair. <laughs> uh, Chewbacca is Jane, Zoe, and Kaylee all in one. It's a battlefield of nothing but armless torsos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeanette says, "Don't forget Wash, Doctor Simon, and the Wild Card Shepherd Book," which is true. Who used to be an operative is what they hint at. So Shepard Book, you could argue, is probably pretty badass. That's true. Has Mel now lost to uh, Harrison Ford twice? Yes, he has. Oh, that's a shame. I guess I'll go console him by getting in his pants. Bye. <laughs> All right. Wow, you guys suck. I'm going to save that audio bump, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to save the part where, not the first part, just the end part. <laughs> just the bye? I'll, I'll, console, I'll console him by getting in his pants. Getting in his pants. Bye. That's all I'm going to keep out of that. <laughs> That's going to be your new audio intro for the show if I remember to Aww. do it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I have audacity now, too. So, I can edit it, this too. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad. I just got some news, and it's really sad. Um, some... Borderlands 2 have gotten leaked and over and already over 10 million assholes have pirated it. That's yeah, ridiculous. Come, that's, come on, guys. Just wait. There's two days. It's two days. And, okay, and I get it. If you're in the UK, you have to wait until Friday, and that sucks. But, come on. Really? Give... Nah. Saddest face. Like, I'm actually... I, there's a tear coming here. But because I'm cyborg, I misspoke. Work. I said I, I realized I said ten million. I meant ten thousand. It was leaked this morning, and it's already up to over ten thousand people have downloaded it. It's the Xbox That's 360 crazy. version that got leaked. Well then, I guess I'm going to go download. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's just assy. It's still stealing people. I just it's just there's no is. reason to pirate people. It's it's just ridiculous. All you're all you're really hurting days, in the end is yourself too, because developers don't get money. They'll quit making games. And yes, your one cell added up over 10,000 people is a big difference. It really yeah, is. Yeah, 60 bucks a pop. I'm not doing the math because what, $600,000? Yeah. I just did the math. All right, $600,000 since this morning that the company's technically lost now. I mean, well, not after after everything, but the sales, six hundred thousand in sales yeah. lost. That's 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 a ridiculous amount. It's because it's gonna be less than that because the the stores take their cut out of it. Yada yada yada. But. Here's the thing. So, some of you know I work in Chicago public schools. Um, I'm not a union teacher or anything like that. So the non-union people were put in the schools to essentially be babysitters while the Chicago teacher strike has been going on. And I was talking to one of the kids who is a 14 year old and he told me, because we we're talking about video games, he's like, Oh, I get all my games for free. And I looked at him. I'm like, how do you get all your games for free? He's like, well, I download them off the internet. And I literally, I actually did face palm like right there. Cause I'm like, that is not the way to go about getting games. And he's like, but it's free this way. And I, I was trying to explain to him that if we keep, if you keep downloading games like this, if you keep downloading it for free, if you keep pirating games, not only is that going to jack up prices for those of us who do pay for games, but it's going to cause developers to leave, to stop making games. 
And trying to explain this to, to a 14-year-old is a little bit more difficult than what I had intended. Um, this yeah. is a piece of advice for our UK people who can't play the game till Friday. This is not illegal. If you put it on Steam, you can use a VPN to set yourself to the Americas region, download it on Tuesday, tomorrow, uh, download it on Tuesday, and you can play offline mode until Friday. There's your tip from Adahey. I did it for a couple different games. It's not illegal. You're just changing your IPs at. Using we need that NBC music for the more you know, so we could have played that right then. <laughs> you need the you need the star, the star. And, the, and, the, and the rainbow too. <laughs> but the more, the you, more know. you know, that, that really sucks. That they can't play till was it Friday? Like you said, yeah, it's like a whole three extra until... days, man. Hey, yeah, that's just... just payback because they got the Avengers like a week and a half before we did. That's true. Never mind. Forget what I just said. Fuck <laughs> you guys. You don't get to cheat. <laughs> I mean, the UK does. They do have the disadvantage that they get the, their games like three days later than the rest of us. But you know what? They're still beating our asses on it later on, anyway. So whatever. Sorry. I've had some fun, fun playing Mass Effect Three with some guys over in the UK there too. So. Um, speaking team. of playing online. Um, giggity. Yeah, that's right. Giggity. Uh, Chris and I have been playing Borderlands, and he's been power leveling through, and it's been crazy because I'm like I was at first I was a level what twenty or you were a level twenty, and I was helping you out as a level forty five. Now I'm still a level forty five, and, and Chris is a thirty six, and I'm sitting here like I wish I had more time to spend I'm, on this. I'm so killing zombies like, right I'm, now. Oh, the um, zombie island of Doctor Ned is a lot of fun. I'm having oh, fun. See, with that it. was my least favorite of 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 the DLCs. Moxies. Oh my it's God, just such a pain in the ass trying to collect brains because I use a shotgun. So I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> See, I didn't See, have issues because I'm a sniper. Yeah, I'm a sniper. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hunter. Yeah, but... I use a shotgun and I use a, uh, automatic, I use a turret that has explosive rounds in it. So um, I have to go and play differently to be able to collect brains. <laughs> but, yeah. God, I, I love my turret. I love my I, bird. <laughs> Moxie is... I, I don't like the Moxie DLC. It's It's... Goofy. Moxie's hard for hunters. Moxie, oh. you need somebody with you who's not a who's not a hunter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not that it's hard. I don't care. I prefer a challenge. I just find it boring. Uh, for, uh, the one... Go ahead. Okay. The one that I'm stuck on right now is the T-Bone Junction. Um, there is one of the quests is actually called You Will Die. And you uh, will die. Runners. Yeah, the Cromrodder, or I think I'm saying that wrong. Um, but his his mission is literally killing me because I can't get further in it. And I'm thinking I'm just going to go through playthrough two and then come back and play it because and try and just level my character up more because I keep dying. I thought it was. I thought the Cromorax was designed for level sixty. Was it designed for level sixty? Because we keep playing it anyways. It's me and my my it, sister and myself. It was too. designed for cap. So, okay. I got a dumb question here, just because I've been following it. Is there an import feature in Borderlands 2 to bring in your character from the first one? No, like that? no, because okay. uh, the characters, um, the old characters, the old Vault Hunters, are going to be in the game as NPCs, and a lot of times right. you're actually driven through the story with quest. But what the, what what uh, Borderlands 2 is going to do is it will detect that you have a Borderlands 1 save on your hard drive or whatever, and okay. it's going to unlock. Uh, custom skins and whatnot for your okay, Borderlands cool. 2 characters. Because I was trying to knock, I was trying to get through with the main campaign just in case there was some kind of unlockable that came with having beaten Borderlands 1. All you have to I have is a if, save file. Okay. Because I didn't know if I wanted to make sure my character was leveled up as high as I could starting that, if it'd give me some kind of starting bonus or 
like they did with the Mass Effect games. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess the big thing here is pretty much everyone you see on screen here is going to be playing Borderlands 2 this week. I assume you're going to be playing um, on Steam, Adahe? Uh, yeah, Steam. And How can not. people find you on Steam if they want to play co-op with you? Oh, most likely my co-op games will be full, <laughs> but okay. uh, you can add me on Steam under the Adahe. If you go to my Twitch channel, um, there's actually a link to my Steam, which is uh, okay. or to my website, the Adahe.com. So. And Naki, I'll be... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'll be streaming most of my Borderlands play as well. Okay. So. And Naki and I'll be playing on the Xbox 360. You can find me on there, Spidey six one six. And what's your game? I am under here? I am under Bakanaki B A K A N A K I. Um, I have plans to play with multiple people, but I'm always willing to add people to my crew. Um, and the nice thing about Borderlands two, which uh, was not capable with the first Borderlands is that if you have a split screen going, um, you will still be able to hook up online with other people. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, That's cool. My sister and I tend to play on on my TV together, so it'll be nice to be able to join other people's parties. (laughs) uh, As another question, what are you going to play? I will probably, the same way that I did Borderlands 1 was I did uh, the Siren first, so I was Lilith First, and then I love Maya. First, (coughs) sorry. Um, yes, I will be playing Maya first, and the uh, the only thing is, the sirens are extremely hard to level up on your own. Solo, yeah. Yeah, solo, they're hard to level up. So I'm, depending on how much I go solo, um, I'll still probably I'll level up a zero as well, probably. What about you, Chris? Oh, sorry. I'm thinking either the commando or the gunzerker. I'm leaning yeah. more towards the commando right now. Axton, Axton's gonna be really strong solo. He really is. I play. He's the closest to the soldier I play as now. So that's yeah. why I'm leaning towards using Axton because I really like. To. I play as Roland now, and I really like the turret because once you get it leveled up, it's beastly. Oh, there's some awesome turret stuff in uh, the Borderlands 2 trees for him. Like he can turn it into a nuke. He can launch. Just make it so he can launch two turrets. Oh. <laughs> It's done yeah. deal now. I'm commando. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going Salvador. Uh, is what convinced... I'm actually doing. You're going Gunzerker. Yeah. Oh my god! You see that stuff? Yes. That's actually kind of why I'm leaning towards Zero is because his assassin stuff looks awesome. Well, he fits my playstyle a lot. Salvador does because I switch weapons a lot, and uh, he has actually talents that will allow. Like you run out of ammo, you switch weapons. It makes your the weapons you switch to do more damage, and when you kill something with your new weapons, it reloads any weapon that's not equipped. So I'll never yeah. have to reload. I'll just switch through weapons like mad, like I normally play anyways. Um, how do you guys feel that's about cool. the Necromancer that is supposed to be coming out? Uh, I know it's not a day zero, but it, like she's not coming. October 16th. Yes. I'm so cool with it because it's included in my pre-order, so I don't have yeah, to Yeah, I mean, it. I got that same thing. But <laughs> I mean, People think it's a day zero DLC, and I'm tired of hearing them bitch because it's not. No, it's not. A, it's not a day zero, and I knew that going into it. And actually, it'll be the day that I come back from New York, so I'm super excited for that. Um, she looks cool, but I don't really think I'll play her much. Um, just it's not really my style of play. I think she's I, gonna be good for people like Chris who suck at games, though, because like there's that whole you know you can miss and still hit people and stuff like that. What the fuck are you talking about? When's the last time you played a game with me? <laughs> <laughs> I raped awesome. your face in Smash Brothers all the time. Pika Pika? That was six years ago. <laughs> Pikachu! Pikachu! Oh, shit. <laughs> that was freshman year of college. 
Hey, remember, remind me to never play Smash Brothers with you guys, because we actually did um, Enforcer Game Night for the Suburbanites, where we all went to Game Pazzo and we played Super Smash Brothers, and I died constantly because I forgot how to play Super Smash Brothers. I actually got a bit nostalgic and played it about four days ago. It's a good game, but I I suck at it. (laughs) I love that game. Um... Okay, so Borderlands 2, what what is the most what is the thing you're looking forward to most? Cuz I know the three of us have been playing Borderlands like mad these the past four few player weeks. co-op. Yeah, that, that's going to be pretty bad. Well, <laughs> I love any game one. with co-op automatically. Yeah, I mean the co-op's going to be nice. Um I I I want to see uh what exactly is going on with the full Handsome Jack storyline. It's actually really good uh looking from what I've seen and uh I I like the uh well, uh, the Randy Pritchford said is uh, we learned a, b- a big mistake in the first game is you don't tell players all the way through the game that there's going to be this amazing tra- treasure at the end and they're going to get all this riches and then don't put it there. Vagina yeah, <laughs> monster. I, I, was, I admit I was a little let down. I was like, this is what it is. I was like, okay. And I threw out my turret and I just emptied my shotgun into him and never took any damage. And then I was like, that's it. Yeah, the vagina monster. We you just actually... hide behind the rock and shoot it in the eye rep- yeah. repetitively. I kept throwing grenades and shooting with my overly powerful shotgun, and I was probably too powerful level-wise when I went in there because it's only probably. supposed to be like level thirty-one to do it. I think I was thirty-five at the time. See, I, when when I did the the vault, I was really under level. Like I think I was twenty-five when I did the vault, and wound up not dying at all. My sister and I got through it pretty quickly, and we're like, "This this this is it." Yeah, see, it was a little different for me because I had the DLC already, so I could just go straight into the next DLC package, and it's not like if I'd played the game when it originally came out and I had to wait for DLC, I'd be like, what the hell? But for me, the story kept going immediately. Yeah, we had to wait, and that kind of sucked, but, like, that was when I was, I think I was still Siren the first time I did it, and it was, um, train of thought gone. Anyways, um, I'm ex- I even even with the uh, meh ending to a uh, first Borderlands, I'm still pretty. I'm, I'm extremely excited for Borderlands too. And it's so much. I honestly have more fun playing Borderlands with more people. Playing it by myself is okay. I don't mind doing it, but I prefer to play it with more people. So it'll be gaming, nice to have the four. Gaming in its sense is 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 turned into a very social thing, as we talked about earlier. So it's always better to have someone beside yourself there. Plus, then you can it's do true. asshole like things and, and screw screw with your friends. Like, my favorite thing to do with the hunter is, like, my friend will be, like, uh, fighting for his life and trying to get that kill, and I'll snipe it right at the end of its health bar. I do that die. to my sister all the time. Or I'll send like, the what? bird out. What happened? He's like, you killed it. I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know, man. I hate the damn Sorry. bird. You love the bird. Shut up. You just do you have your bird loot specs so that he drops, like, health vials all yes. over the fucking place? Yes. <laughs> so many health vials. My my bird, like, is one-shot kill on, on almost everything, and it's wonderful. Now that I'm level 36, it might not be. Well, no, even now, like, it's it's great, because when I go into into my, um, into my the DLC I'm working on currently, it's great. It's still just one-shot kills everything. I have it so overpowered. It's fantastic. And it collects health for me, so every time it kills something, it level it brings my health right back up. So it's just like, yeah, I don't have to do anything. I got a bird. Whatever. Click, click. All done. I got a turret that regens my health. Yeah. What? You're t- I was going to say, you can OP your turret. I think it's one of my brother right did. Now. 
My brother, my brother did that to his turret. My sister's a berserker, so she goes, her her little fists of fury are crazy. Um, I just got a notification that one of my steam. If you want to screw with people on the soldier is pick up the you know your bullets heal people, get the fastest fucking assault rifle you can. <laughs> And then just launch, lay into them with it, and they'll never be able to hit a fucking thing because it still makes their screen move like they're getting shot. So they'll be holding the gun, it's like all over the place, and they and you're like and like I'm helping, I'm helping. No, you're not. Stop it. It's so much fun. It's fun to screw with people on Borderlands. It's not as fun in like other games. Like Gears of War, you can kind of screw with people, but not really. Um, well, those are my two big games. I'm learning. I've actually started playing the Halo games because one of my friends is really into the Halo games and he really wants to to go through the first three, like before uh, Halo Four comes out. So we've been playing Halo too. I'm still not as I'm still not sold on Halo. Like I understand where the obsession comes from, but I'm still not sold on Halo, guys. <laughs> Sierra One One Seven's a badass. I don't know who that is. The smart, the Master Chief. Oh, could take him. I was gonna like say Marcus. Marcus beat the Master oh, Chief. That would be a good. No, battle. you guys were just dead wrong. There's no, no way a Spartan soldier goes down to a normal human. Jim, fucking Rainer, from Starcraft. Yeah. No, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, let's talk about a couple more stories before we break, because I just realized that wow, we only got like about 15 minutes left on the show. Yeah. And last week we were talking about fantasy casting for uh, the Doctor Strange movie because there was the rumor that Doctor Strange might be in Thor 2. Well, wrong. there was a story I saw in Geek Tyrant. The headline is, Viggo Mortensen will not be Doctor Strange. That and there's a couple interesting sad. points here. Um, they talked to a producer at Marvel, and they said one of the recent rumors is that Doctor Strange might make his first appearance in Thor The Dark World. Marvel has not denied this. They continued and then spoke with a producer named Victoria Alonso. She said, quote, we would love to work with Vigo Mortensen. I've been trying that for years, but I don't know if Vigo is even acting anymore. I thought he wasn't acting anymore. It'd be great to work with him in the future, but we don't have him signed. No, end quote. So basically, they don't I'm have him signed, but it doesn't necessarily mean he won't be Doctor Strange. All they're saying is they haven't signed him to be Doctor Strange. So there's still hope. If not, it could always be, be The Rock. Yeah, The Rock is Doctor Strange. The Rock could be anybody he wants to be. He's He's... You know how we tell kids, you know, at five years old, you could be whatever you want to be. It's, we could we could say that to The Rock, like, right now. He could be whatever he wants to be. Truth I just, I thought it was cool that they've basically done a non-confirmed that Doctor Strange is going to be in Thor 2. Yeah. I think it was kind of a given that he was going to be in Thor 2. I think I it's know. an awesome way to bring in the character, and it makes sense with what the fantasy element is in Thor, so... Awesome. I was going to say, it's Thor. You really don't need to put a fantasy element in there. There already is one, is what I'm meaning. <laughs> so I'm completely 100% down with that. Uh, let's knock out another one in the movie stuff, because we can just burn through a couple quick ones we've had sitting here for a while. Is that the title for the J.J. Abrams sequel of Star Trek has been released, and according to comingsoon.net, it's going to be called Star Trek in the Darkness. I have no idea what that reference is. As a person who has not watched enough Star Trek, I have no idea what that reference either. To, to be but, fair, none of this has been officially confirmed. People are just based this on the fact that Paramount Pictures just registered two domain names called Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Into Darkness Movie dot com. Now, could it? 
I'm trying to think of my Star Wars ref- or Star Trek references. Wow, did I really just do that? Please don't kill me. Yeah, I just world. asked Jess if she knew uh, in in the darkness or in two darknesses anything from a Star Trek because uh, she wasn't into it as much, but her dad like hardcore loved it. It so just sounds maybe. very vague. It's supposed to be one of those vague, ominous sounding things. I don't think it really tells us anything. Yeah, I don't. I I don't feel like it's really kind of a spoiler or anything like that. It could be really anything. No, I mean, if I thought it was a spoiler, I'd have given a spoiler alert on that one. But just the title name is meh. Um, oh, I don't know. Like, continue- no, go ahead. I was just gonna say it doesn't see it doesn't seem like anything special to me yet. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be jumping up and down just quite yet because it seems so vague. Yeah. And those of you guys that are watching on YouTube or later, we're just burning through some quick news items right now that have been setting for a while. That'd be interesting. Another interesting one is we talked about Ted probably about a month, month and a half back. Yeah. Paramount Pictures, I believe it is, who owns the rights. No, Universal, I'm sorry, has confirmed the fact that they will be making yeah. a Ted 2. Because it, it's Seth MacFarlane, and there's and, always going to be. In the same press release, they also announced a sequel to The Bourne Legacy. Really? Now that's surprising. Because I didn't hear anything really all that good about The Bourne Legacy. I never saw it. I'm going to get it when it comes to the red box. I, I think. Ugh, I can't even talk. Great treat the, for the podcast host. <laughs> on the account of, of movies that are recent and bad, I uh, saw Resident Evil Retribution. I have not seen anything since the second Resident Evil movie, but what it seems to be is that the acting has gone down even more, um, but the action sequences are good. I can't see 3D, so I didn't obviously did not go and see it in 3D. We Actually, it was a group decision that we did not want to see it in 3D because um, two of us can't see 3D. Um, but it really... It, it literally was just people talking back and forth without any emotion whatsoever, and it was horrible, horrible in acting and screenwriting sense of... But the person who they cast to play Leon looks exactly like Leon. That was actually really impressive. Um, the person who they cast to play Barry was also Keeney in um, Lost, and I love him. Um, I was pretty excited to see him. Um, but yeah, Retribution, you're not missing anything if you don't watch it. Like at all. You really don't have to see that. Sorry, had to throw that out there. I, I've seen the first Final Fantasy, not Final Fantasy, uh, Resident Evil movie, and I haven't seen any more of them, but I'm not really a big fan of the franchise, of the games, so it's not really on my list. Maybe I, one day. But the, the the good thing that happened with Resident Evil Retribution is that I got to see the, the uh, trailer for Silent Hill 2. I will give him that. I'm not a fan of that game either, so... Really? Oh, my goodness. Silent Hill and Resident Evil are both games that I love. Um, not a fan of the Resident Evil movies. I I was a fan of the Silent Hill movie, and I'm pretty excited that it took six years, but there actually is a sequel coming out, and it looks really, really badass. Silent Hill movie movie was creepy. It was. It did a good job of being creepy. It was great. Yeah, but the, the I was really let down by like most of the Resident Evil movies, and and this one they did that weird thing where they like I haven't seen it yet, but I know they res the chick that died in the first movie, like she's back yeah. now for some fucking reason. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Just, just don't do that shit. I hate when they. There was it, it's really, I don't even want to like give away spoilers because it's only been out for three days, but they had some really just like bad moments where you're sitting there like, why? Why? Why did you do this? What is going on? Like, in the very beginning, 
they show Alice take down a helicarrier or helicopter with a shotgun, and you're just like sitting here like, really, really? That's all it's gonna take. All right, that's cool. And like, it it was it was it was bad. Like it, it was bad, guys. Like even on a Resident Evil like status, it was bad. Well. This is going to sound terrible to say, but when Mila Jovovich is your big-name actor for your franchise, I don't have great hopes for you to begin with. She's not exactly mm-hmm. known as a heavyweight in Hollywood. But they keep making money off of these movies. I mean, That's this is the fifth the one. boys go out and watch it. This and is fan the girls. fifth one. So. It's like people who are stupid enough to go watch Michael Bay movies. You said it twice now. Don't say it again or he'll show up. It's true. Don't do it. Make, and make a bad movie. He's going to make ATG in the movie. <laughs> oh, God. There will be explosions. Uh, well, there, I will be replaced was... by some random hot chick who doesn't really like know how to act. Um, the, uh, I thought he was going to make like the Halo movie. No, that was uh, they were trying to get Peter Jackson for that, which would have been awesome. Well, I'm just going to say this right now. Michael Bay is going to direct the Halo just, movie. Uh, he's going to appear now. <laughs> we need to have like, a red alert sound to go off the third time Michael Bay has said. Wee-oo, 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 wee-oo. Get, yeah, the Star Trek we had a Sham Master on the Twitch. Uh, he said he went to see Resident Evil and he was also horribly disappointed. Oh god, yeah. it was so bad. What so about bad. Finding Nemo in 3D? Anyone? Uh, I, I, I was totally it. down with seeing that. <laughs> I considered it just because uh, you know the the part with the turtles. I thought that'd be pretty epic in 3D. I haven't seen Finding Nemo in 2D. So what? Yeah. What's wrong with you? I just you. seen You've never you seen either. Finding Nemo? I have not seen Finding Nemo. Oh, I do not have director's stuff. I cannot mute him. I, uh, I, sh- I shall call you Squishy and you shall be mine. <laughs> Michael Bay's casting choice for Naki is Kristen Kruick. Now i got to look up who that is. Don't even know who Lana from Smallville. I, I, oh. I was going to say something worse, like uh, uh, the chick, uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, the chick from... Uh, be careful with Twilight. your words, Adam. Very here. descriptive. The tw- chick from Twilight. <laughs> Kristen Stewart? Really? You can die in a fire right fucking now. <laughs> in the, in the whole movie. Actually, you can. High five. Yeah. And the entire movie is going to sit there like. Hate you. Hate you. For those of you That's listening you. to the audio, that he's just you. staring off blankly. That is you. <laughs> that is you for every episode of this movie, of this show. Of you sitting there staring off into space. You can't uh, cast Kirsten Stewart as him. She's already been cast as you. Uh, the Kristen Rock's going to play my part. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Fuck you and your couch. Fuck your couch. Whatever. I get the Rock. Right, you get Kirsten Stewart. going to play me. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> ATG in the movie. Somebody make a poster for us, please. <laughs> Nicholas, no, Nicholas Cage, don't. Kristen Stewart, and The Rock as Ad A. Yes. <laughs> I've got the worst of this. <laughs> Fuck all of you. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I got all distracted because this made me laugh so much. <laughs> Let's talk one more story, and then we'll start no, wrapping things up. No, fuck you. Because I actually want to talk this. We don't get to talk comics very often, so I'm going to bring up a comic book story. Is Have any of you guys been following the Avengers vs. X-Men series? Mm, a little bit, here and it, there. It's a, it's a 12-part series, I guess. Part 11 just came out, and I guess 
spoilers ran rampant because the story leaked or came out, excuse me, the story was released in like the New York Daily News Wednesday morning that a major character was killed in AVX-11, but it was released and put out before anyone could go to the comic book store and actually go buy the damn comic. Which bothers me because it seems to be a trend that's developing with comics is they care more about getting the press release than not spoiling their fans. Like the announcement of the Superman Wonder Woman romance, the unmasking of Spider-Man back in 2007. It's it, true, it's, they do. They totally it, do. It's starting to annoy me that if you're a fan, you're going to get spoiled by the publisher themselves before you can actually go pick up the book. God forbid yeah. you have to wait a day or two to go to your local comic book store to pick up your books. Well, that's when they, they that's when they say bullshit things like maybe you shouldn't read the newspaper. Yeah. yeah, when it blows up on Twitter and just random people start putting things out there, I got spoiled by about 11.30 that morning because I checked my Twitter and I was like, oh. And do you guys want me to mention who it is that dies? I, I think I already know who it is. Okay. So it's, it's... Uh, the Phoenix Force has gotten split up between six different characters, and eventually it's down to just Cyclops and Emma Frost holding the Phoenix Force. And Professor Xavier tries to stop him, and in the end, Scott Summers kills Xavier. Which isn't really that shocking because they just killed him in 2008 and resurrected him. I was going to say, Xavier ago. dies a lot. He's, so. he's been dead just recently, so it's not as shocking. They're saying they're going to stick by this death, but uh, I'm going to make this prediction right now and feel free to remind me when this later happens. By the time the next X Men First Class movie comes out, Xavier will be resurrected. I was going to say six months tops. No, I'll give yeah. him a year or two. No. They've kept Jean Grey dead since 2004, so give him credit there. One... That's true, but. Still don't have much hope for him. Along the same lines, did any of you any of you seen the uh, the Avengers X Men Utopia um, graphic novel series? No. I, that yeah, I think happen. that was that took place during the uh, Dark Reign stuff, didn't it? I think. Yeah, it was actually a pretty interesting series where I've, Norman Osborn was leading the Avengers, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's actually that's a good series. I thought about picking it up the uh, the first volume of the graphic novel yesterday, but it was like forty five fucking dollars. Go look on Amazon and see what it is there, and then look in their used shop on Amazon. A lot of times you can find them, like, dirt cheap on the used shop. It just means they've been pre-read, but who cares? Yeah. I love to buy graphic novels on there. Or, yeah. if you can, go to your local comic book store, because well, I know the guys locally here, they mark down stuff all the time in their graphic novels and trades. Yeah, our comic store smells like piss. I don't go in there. Sexy. I love our comic store by here. I'm, I'm getting the Google Nexus soon. I figured I could get uh, maybe a... Like an Android version of the graphic novel or something, like an e-reader version, maybe? Yeah, when you get your Nexus 7, download an app called uh, Comixology, mm-hmm. because they get DC, Marvel, Image, Comics, and things like that. You can buy digital copies on there, and they do some ridiculous sales. Like That's actually month, how I do, how I read my, I got my dad back into comics. Was I do about half, I do most of mine in paper, but I still do some digital because they do some awesome sales. Like every Monday is like Marvel Monday. They do a bunch of stuff for 99 cents. Right before Walking Dead 100 came out, they put all of the Walking Dead issues on sale for 99 cents a piece. So That's I bought like cool. 60 issues of Walking Dead I was behind on because it was cheaper for me to buy the digital trade paperbacks than it was to actually go buy the trades from somewhere. Wow. So. Check them out when you get your Nexus Seven. I'm not. I don't say everyone. I don't think you should go digital on everything, but I think it has its purposes. Or because I like to support my local comic book vendor. Well, but your comic book store doesn't suck balls. Yeah, <laughs> my comic book store is actually putting together a con that's taking place in October that we've mentioned before too. Oh yeah, we have that a con Chris will be a part here. of. I'm trying yeah. to. I'm trying to get my con guy that's going on down here to contact your con guy for some cross. You know. Whatnot. I think they Pretty actually sh- talked down at the... The Shocker Con? I don't know if it was that one. There's one they do basically in, in Huntington. 
Is that where it is? Mm, no. Well, down here you have the 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 uh, Charcon, which is the gaming and okay. nerd convention. A new one's coming up called ShakaCon, which is a sci-fi and horror convention. Okay. Uh, it's, it's like in three or four weeks. I tried to get him to. I met, talked to him for like an hour, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, and I tried to get him to contact your con guy so that they could you know cross promote each other mm-hmm. since they're both new cons. But he, I don't know. So yeah. For, for those of you that are wondering what we're talking about is uh, my friend John, who also runs a comic comic, st- <laughs> comic book store in the area, is putting together with a lot of other folks in this area the first annual West Virginia Pop Culture Convention. It's going to be October 6th and 7th. So if you're relatively close to Morgantown, West Virginia, come take a look. I know they've got a lot of guests. You can go to their website, wvpop.com, and see. I know just off the top of my head, they got Kyle Higgins coming, who's been writing Nightwing during the New 52. They're working on getting Gail Simone, but I don't think she's coming this year. She said maybe next year. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and if you're close by, I strongly encourage you to come check it out. There's going to be some really cool stuff there. They're going to have video games, tabletop games, all sorts of stuff going on. It's going to be a fun two days. And technically, I think I'm speaking on a panel there, so that could be scary. Um, Jeanette on YouTube, uh, for a comic book resource, um, Jeanette says the public library. Um, you yep. can ask your library to buy the book if they don't already have it. The trades, that is. They won't buy the... Right, yeah. the trades. Okay. So Also good can... for comic book resources. Exactly. But I think that I think we've blown through a lot of news right now. Let's uh let's wrap with our what we're into segment for this week. It's that special time where we tell you what we're doing this week. And we'll start with Naki just because. Borderlands, 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 more Borderlands and Borderlands. Um, so I take it you're playing Borderlands at some point. I, there's a good chance I'm playing Borderlands. But, but what about Borderlands 2? Uh, I will be playing Borderlands 2 as of Tuesday, um, which, okay, so they changed my schedule at work, not because of the, the strike, but, like, in general. They changed my schedule so that now I'm working on Tuesdays, uh-huh. but I will have Wednesday off. So, all day Wednesday, I will. Are you guys going to play the game, I'll have beaten it. Yeah, probably. Are any of you guys going to midnight releases for it? Well, you got yours yep. on Steam, so it doesn't matter. No, I didn't. I, I picked up a physical copy. Okay. My brother is going to for me because I have to be up at four in the morning. Okay, I will say, depending on where you pre-ordered, a lot of places are doing midnight release. I pre-ordered at Best Buy, and I know they're doing midnight release. And I think if you pre-order that night, they give you like a free screen-printed lithograph or something from Borderlands too. Yeah, I, uh, I believe GameStop is doing something similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, pre-ordered through a GameStop because uh, I don't know if you remember the dude that looks like me that came into my store. Um, he's the Bangley. manager of a GameStop down okay. here, and uh, I get deals. by Pre-order to cool. him. Yeah. So, so Borderlands Two is gonna be the big thing for you, Naki. Yep, Borderlands right. Two. Let's do this. I want to play. Let's do it now. Ada, hey, how about you? What are you into this week? I'm assuming uh, Borderlands Two. Well, I'll I, I'll be playing Borderlands Two, of course. Um, I'm also starting now, setting up a second Minecraft server. Two. Um, Man. Yeah. The, the busy, main dude. one, of course, is TechIt, and the second one we're setting up is what we're, we're doing is well this. Before I say this, kids, drugs are bad. It's but true. Don't do drugs. But we're setting up a prison and cartel server is what we're calling it. I like um, it already. You start off in prison as in death row, and you have to work your way up through the different levels of prison until you get to freedom. Now, once you get to freedom, you start making and selling drugs and work your way up to being the godfather on the server. Now, at any point in time, uh, up until your godfather, the police on the server can find your drugs, confiscate all your drugs, and throw you back into jail. The only I'm person intrigued. who has 
The only person who has any immunity is going to be the Godfather. But as the Godfather, you're constantly being gunned for because there's only going to be able to be one Godfather on the server at any point in time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Didn't you just ask me to come onto your server? Because screw that. <laughs> well, that's, that's a PvP server, but I have another server that's a Tekkit server, um, for which is a, a mod pack for T uh, for um, um, Minecraft, which is just amazing. That sounds um, cool. But uh, it's a really big idea. Uh, Jess is working right now and laying out the the basic plans for the server. Um, we're building actually. She's building a huge version of the Moundsville prison as Sweet. our prison. Nice. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I actually just I, my new computer is coming in soon, so maybe I'll actually get some Minecraft and try and Minecraft. Join the, join us. Pretty sure it'll be fun because you can be a dick and, and like kill people and like farm the people who don't have gear yet because they're like in you know death row or D block and you're That'd like cool. in C block so you can you know come with your fancy armor and weapons and kill them and steal their shit. That that would be <laughs> awesome. I yeah. am very intrigued. Um, if you are joining us for Steam or or uh, um, Xbox 360, we'll we'll make sure that we put our uh, gamer tags and stuff like that in the show notes for this week. Uh, I'll wrap things up on what I'm into this week is like everyone else here, Borderlands 2, because I'm badly, badly addicted to Borderlands 1. And I, I'm proud to say I just sold my friend, one of my friends I'm buying Borderlands 2, and he's actually picking it up because he wants to play co-op, so I'll probably be playing with him a lot, Ferg? hopefully. No. I'm, Ferg's already talking about getting it, too. He said something about getting it on Steam, I think on Twitter. Yeah, he said he was going to get it on Steam. Uh, my, my, my buddy Drew went and pre-ordered like six games just the other day or something like that. One of them was Borderlands 2, so he'll be playing that coming Tuesday. I'll probably be playing online with him. I'm also... It's going to be a lot of fun this week. I'm going to be one of the, a guest on a comic book podcast called The Fanboy Buzz. I went on a Skype party with them last weekend, and Scott Williams and Stephen John Drew on there were nice enough to ask me to come on and talk comics. And I like talking comics, and we don't get to talk it enough sometimes because we get distracted by like the comic book movies and things like that. So I will be talking comics on The Fanboy Buzz this week, and I think the podcast will probably come out on Friday. So check it out on fanboybuzz.com when it comes yeah. out. Once it's, I get my Nexus, I'll be more into comics so we can talk more comics. Yeah, I I like talking comics, and these this, these guys do a show that's all about comics, so I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm actually, I'm studying up, I'll be honest, because I haven't read near as much the same stuff as they did. And they gave me, like, they do a segment called Issue to Issue where they talk about three different issues. I'm like, man, I'm so behind on my comics. I had to stop at my local store and pick up all my comics and buy a couple extras I needed to read for this. So I'm cramming, guys, so I promise I'm not going to suck on there. <laughs> so he says, I mean, what? Wait, what? you suck on here but not there? What the fuck? This is what? your podcast. Well, this our is my podcast. podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> but you suck here. Do more work. Wait, you already do more than me, so I can't do it. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, Ed, hey, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, guys, I think that wraps up just about everything. Any final parting shots, final thoughts from our panel today? I've had to pee for the past half hour. I'm going to kill everybody if we don't end this soon. Yeah, i got to run really soon because we've got to run to a car show. Okay. Get my Chrysler some more trophies and shit. Well, it sounds yeah, good. Okay. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to an all-new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. I'll just do the typical rundown of things. You can find us on Twitter at ATGN Podcast. You can find us at Facebook.com slash All Things Good and Nerdy. 
We're available on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy. And you can also download the podcast directly off our website, atgnpodcast.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll be back live next week on Saturday. Next, not Saturday, excuse me, Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Is Central. Change? No. <laughs> Where we will again talk about all things good and nerdy, just like the show title says. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day, and we'll Bye. see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the up-to-the-minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. The show can be found on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook.com slash All Things Good and Nerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN and we'll get your message and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We post the link on Twitter and on Facebook so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.